Hailing frequencies are open. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Clear Skies, our Star Trek live play uh, here on Q Times. And uh, it's good to be back. As always, Monday nights are always my favorite nights of the week. Um, we're getting into a big episode tonight because, and those of you who have caught up with our previous episodes, I got to finally pull one of, if not my favorite villain in Star Trek uh, out. So I'm really looking forward to jumping into tonight's episode. Uh, before we jump into tonight's remote episode, real quick, we haven't said it in a while. So I just want to say now that we love all of you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we hope you guys are keeping healthy and safe and minding that social distancing and living long and prospering and all that jazz. It's all good stuff and it should be done. Um, couple of quick announcements on my end, and then I can toss it off to anybody who else has got some announcements. Um, first of all, I just wanted to do a quick shout out to Garrett Wang, because he had surgery recently. Um, we are fans of his. I don't even know if he knows Clear Skies is around, but there's probably going to come a time where he does. And at some point, I just want him to know that somewhere in the library, we wished him well. <laughs> he is, after all, somebody that Bonnie has crushed on in the past in character. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Xander's the one who really has a crush. Oh, how did you make <laughs> him? Alfie's <laughs> mine. He was so pissed Lark Sage got to have coffee with him. <laughs> um, also, I want to give, uh, I want to take a moment to wish a very happy birthday to one of our most favorite people in the world, our own Dr. Throlo, Amy Dallin, um, who is one of the most important people. Um, her insight, her friendship, her example, and her joy. We love her dearly and we wish her the happiest of birthdays. Um, if anybody wants to say anything, because I know some of y'all go way back, <clears throat> Gina DeVivo, and, and, uh, and some of y'all go way back with Amy, but uh, just wanted to wish y'all a happy birthday. Amy, we love you. I already sent all my personal gushy stuff to her. I love her so much. She's one of the greatest human beings that has ever lived. Her pure joy for knowledge, kindness, and goodness, and fierce protection of the people that she loves and anyone in her immediate and outward circle that she can possibly affect, she affects in a positive way because she's incredible. The end. What Gina said. Amy Dolan, I love you. The end. Second, third, fourth, fifth, and Sam, you wanted to say something? Amy, you're very much adequate. Yeah, she's all right, I guess. Um, we can move on. It's kind of wasting time at this point. So anyway, um, yes, we love you, Amy. Um, thank you for, uh, I'll never forget Amy Dallin uh, going all out and just throwing on all the blue to do our intro for Shield of Tomorrow. Um, I've never seen someone so happy to sit in a makeup chair for four hours. That was fantastic. <laughs> so, um, thank you for pioneering uh, just all of the uh, bounding for these aliens. You walk Sir. so I could roll. And let's not let's not forget our favorite doctor. No offense, no offense, but our favorite doctor, Amy Dallin. Um, all right. Does anybody have any other announcements before we jump into tonight's game? Do we want to go down the list? Yeah. I was about to say, if Bonnie and Xander don't raise their hands, I'm going to assume this is Mirror Universe. Um, well, I do have a mustache now. I was going to say. <laughs> um, I wanted to promote another show that I'm doing called Endymion's Gate. It's on the Scabby Rooster channel. Yeah, and it's uh, it's so much fun. We uh, took advantage of the Zoom sort of virtual backgrounds. So we role play and we change scenes with each other or we call different scenes. And the whole thing is that it's logs of a, a ship that's been lost in dream space come back. So if you're a fan of Star Trek, you might want to check it out. Uh, 
That's Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. on Gabby Rooster. It is, this cast is better than any cast has any right to be, y'all. <laughs> it is it is just superstars, absolute superstars from pretty much like half of, of role-playing everywhere yeah. and outside of role-playing. There's improv stuff. They're so So tell cool. me who the cast is. So we've got Abria Ingar, uh, we've got Luis Carrazo, um, let's see, Alejandra uh, Cejudo, Becca Scott, and uh, it's GM'd by uh, Ash Minnick and me, I'm in it. I don't think I'm freaking in it. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Okay, so Wednesdays at 7. Yes. Gabby Rooster. Cool. But right huh? before that, you should watch Q Times, because from 5 to 7 on Wednesdays is Denver by Night, the Vampire Masquerade RPG. Uh, with a fabulous female cast. I think I'm in it. You're a gangrel. It's a good clan. All right. I'm, I'm so animalistic, like, in all the RPGs I'm doing right now. I know, your furry side has been showing recently, Bonnie. <laughs> so, this, uh, yeah, what's up, Aki? Uh, so, I am adding another Just Chatting stream to my schedule. We'll be starting tomorrow at 10.30 a.m. over at my channel, um, Shidari Aki. And uh, that's going to be my second stream of the week. Uh, you can also catch me at 11.30 right after Eric's stream on Fridays, um, where I, I, apparently we're just doing a whole day of stream punk streaming because we have Eric first thing in the morning, we have me right after that, and then we have Sam later in the evening. Um, uh, Xander stream on Friday so that we can just make it a full day, you know, just just a full yeah. day of stream punks. You know, <laughs> um, let's just do it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, just just plug the Ketracel white into your veins and sit in front of your computer all day with the stream punks. Just do it. So, uh, and I'm looking into my schedule to possibly add a cooking stream. So stay. Uh, Stay with me to check in on that. And then I have cool. one more announcement that I think is coming out next week. Stay tuned. Okay. Um, unless there's anything else, we can jump into tonight's episode of Clear Skies. If there's anything else, if there's anything. Yes. The cute little sea urchin in the front row. Um, so I have an announcement. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Sam So tomorrow at 8 a.m. PDT, I'm doing. Well, let's let's not say that it's my first stream on my own. Let's do the test stream. It's just a test stream. I have a stream now. I'm and if I'm twitchy, it's because well, I'm twitchy. So you can check out my uh, Just Plotting stream tomorrow, 8 a.m. to 9.30 PDT at twitch.tv slash delevely, D-E-L-E-V-E-L-Y. My whole Twitch schedule is there both for my role playing and for my personal streams. So you can check it out. I do have to warn you, tomorrow's stream may contain science. So use that hashtag not safe for work and we will tune in and check out Sam talking science. I'm so excited. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good bookmark. I think we'll go ahead and jump into tonight's episode of Clear Skies.
Welcome back, everybody. We are going to go ahead and jump into tonight's episode of Clear Skies. On our last episode, we left on a cliffhanger, which was a little unusual for us. Um, the USS Ross had been called away from the Shackleton Expanse, um, specifically had been called Starbase 105, ordered at maximum warp. After dropping Admiral April Hebert off at Narendra Station, Hebert was expressing a lot of irritation and disbelief. One, that the USS Ross was being called away from the Shackleton Expanse, even if it was only just not that far away from the, not, not, not that far of a diversion from her station assignment, still expressing irritation and mild disbelief, especially because Admiral April Hebert apparently is being kept in the dark about specific reasons as to why. Upon arrival at Starbase 105, which took approximately eight days, um, the crew of the USS Ross was informed that a diplomatic crisis was developing. Apparently, a neutral party had been escorting what was being described as a special package to this side of the galaxy, and it's under orders, apparently under the protection of the United Federation of Planets. Now, it's highly unusual, first of all, to use a third party to do this kind of thing, especially if it is a top secret assignment or if it is any kind of, uh, if it's any kind of special covert activity, it would be very unusual to use a third party for that. Um, What's even worse is apparently even the Admiral of Starbase 105, a Saurian Admiral named Mestis, apparently not even Mestis knew the particulars of this order, only that the USS Ross was being instructed to rendezvous at 105 to facilitate um, a transfer for what is a developing diplomatic crisis. Mestis was expecting the ship that arrived was not expecting what the ship that arrived, what that ship was carrying. A Ferengi, a Ferengi dreadnought trader, uh, it was, the ship was called the Liquidator, captained by Damon Skag, arrived on the scene during a meeting with Captain Azari Sol and Olin Marjanil and Commander Exio, in which, uh, in which- I there. Were you, were you not there? Well, you weren't there. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were there. I thought you were available for that. No, you were not in there. So this I is was, just. Commander. I was not oh, invited. Like so you were actually. It was just Commander Exio, and it was command, and it was Captain Sol. That's right. Thank you. So Commander Exio and Captain Sol were at this meeting when Skag basically announced that he had this package and he insisted on being paid for it. After a bit of haggling back and forth, the Saurian lost some patience and the Admiral demanded to receive the package at once and that the Ferengi would be compensated. And that's when your new guests beamed in. We are starting tonight's episode off right where we left, in the ready room of the Admiral on Starbase 105. Across this glossy black table in this well-lit room that overlooks a sea of stars are three individuals standing there, two of them flanking the main individual, Jim Hadar, standing close to seven feet tall in their high six eight. So they actually are slightly taller than Azari, which is not out of character for uh, Dominion soldiers. They are flanking one Vorta, who none of you, obviously, from in any intelligence reports, anybody who has any kind of high ranking access to intelligence reports, this is a Vorta that you've not seen before. Does not fit the profile of any Vorta that the uh, Federation encountered in the Dominion War. That's not unusual. 
They've, the Vorta, there's a lot of them out there, and the Federation has never had a full intelligence report of how many there are and which versions are who. Um, these three individuals have beamed directly into this room and are standing at the end of the table. There are two Starfleet security officers in the room by the door who are immediately putting their hand on their phasers. The Dominion soldiers do have their terrifying signature Polaron rifles that are attached to their backs. They're not drawn. So they're, they're sort of strapped onto the back in a holstered position. Specifically out of reach, it looks like uh, kind of like a peace tie. These Dominion soldiers have beamed into this room uh, unable to quick draw, essentially, in a show of peace. Hard to say. Dominion soldiers are just as lethal with their hands as they are with a gun. So, after the momentary beat of shock wears off as these three individuals beam into the room, the Admiral slowly rises from his chair and says, what is the meaning of this? Now, before we begin the scene, it's important to realize that at one point, Captain Sol had the mind to ask where the hell the orders were coming from for this rendezvous. Do you remember that piece of information that you got, Captain Sol, and who it came from? See, uh, I have that uh, Damon was our uh, courier. Oh, Admiral. Your courier. I, I What's know, up? I remember. Who was it? There's okay. coffee in that nebula. Yeah, apparently the order came down from Catherine Janeway. <laughs> um, now, Azari, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little piece of information, just to, just because we're picking this up. Um, I'll give you this for free. Azari's instinct as a former officer of intelligence for, for Starfleet intelligence, as a, as a former operative, it's a little unusual that Captain Janeway, first of all, would even be handing out an order like that if it had to do anything with this. Let's put it this way. Every admiral who is not a full-blown fleet admiral is assigned a sector in space to which oversee fleet operations. This is far beyond her purview. It's unusual. Everything about this is unusual. Pinky, some might say. Kind of, kind of strange. I will give you that much because Azari's knowledge of Starfleet protocol and Azari's knowledge of this kind of activity, this kind of covert under the under the, the shadow activity, everything about this is rubbing you the wrong way, Captain Sol. Something is, this is not the standard way that Starfleet conducts its business. And anybody who knows anything, I'm just going to give you guys this little piece of information because particularly those who are familiar with the Dominion War, this would be common knowledge, so I'm just going to inform the players. The Treaty of Bajor states that Dominion are not allowed anywhere on this side of the wormhole without written permission from all three major governments, the Romulans, the Klingons, and the Federation. And that is echoed when the Admiral says, you are here in violation of treaty, Vorta. I demand to know your purpose. The Vorta extends his hands and says, I think, Admiral, it would be more appropriate if we do introductions first, don't you? It's quite rude to just launch into negotiations. Silence. <laughs> Settles onto the room. 
based on a very unfortunate role uh, last session. Uh-huh. Threat response is wafting off okay. of Azarizal. I'm sure okay. this will have no negative repercussions whatsoever. On the inherently violent Jim'Hadar soldiers that are kept in check by the Vorta? No, probably probably not going to have any. Hey, so since you did that, just tell me, what were the results of that roll? Do you remember? Oh, I full out 20'd my Chloros check. Okay. I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> Except to the extent that you have body language and I have body language. Also is not, uh, I just mean it on depends on where I'm standing. So it might be a good thing that I'm not there. <laughs> I just love how gleeful. To be fair, we Tina's didn't like, know this package would be people. Yeah, no one apparently. Everyone is apparently taken by surprise. Right, and um, we thought Soylent. Okay. Also, uh, a quick in. Do we have yeah. any momentum, or are we starting fresh? Uh, we're starting fresh. Okay. Yep, starting fresh momentum. So zero momentum pool right now. Just to make this scene make more sense, I will I will preemptively say that I'm standing just to the, um, at the presence of Vorta, mm -hmm. and because I would have technically been Captain me behind Admiral, or behind uh, Captain mm -hmm. in front of Admiral. At the sight of Vorta, I would have then been in front. However. At the sight and understanding of the implications of that, I would have stepped equal. Um, so I would at least have semi um, uh, peripheral of body language of Captain. Okay. Okay. Um, this Forda stands at about 5'7", um, dressed in the, the finery that you typically would see a Vorta of the Dominion dressed in, wearing very soft toned colors um, and like a beautiful half silk, half cloth vest across the upper part of his chest. Um, well built. They're all genetically engineered. So this Vorta is, um, it's unnerving how everything about both his body language and his demeanor and the way he delivers his sentences, it's, it's very typical. Vorta invoke a sense of, ah, peace. Everything is fine. Kind of same aura exuding from him. He has lavender-colored eyes, and of course, that jet-black hair that's kind of combed back to the side, and a brilliant smile filled with perfect teeth. He is the most punchable face you may have ever seen in your life. Um, his head slightly tilts as the silence in the room stretches forward. The Jim Hadar are statues. They stare straight ahead. Um, Exio, why don't you go ahead and make a roll? Because you can read body language. Um, so um, if you... I, I can, in a sense, um, to use my specific cold reading talent, I would have had to have had a, um, a, a, like, a confrontation with him. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, so I would have to speak right now, sort of. Unless, I, I think it, if you let me, I will do it. Because <laughs> he uh, is uh... talking enough for everyone. Probably not for the Jim Hadar, but I'll give you this much from the Vorta. Not for the Jim, yeah. Yeah. So from the Vorta, what you get immediately, your instinct as somebody who specializes in observing behavior and analyzing behavior, this Vorta is very difficult to read. Immediately, you get a sense that the smile, the way he's carrying himself, it's very similar to how you get it, you get an impression that this Vorta probably has the same 
expertise in how to conduct and read people as you do. Um, as the moment of silence stretches on, he says, why don't I begin? <laughs> Perhaps that might be the best way to break the ice. My name is Nodron. To my left is Iktat Etlan, my first, and Vanet Rex, our second. It is, of course, appropriate to call them first Iktat Etlan and second Venet Rex, but then it's also more appropriate to address me directly and to ignore their presence entirely. They're here merely as my protection. And your names? I believe you are Admiral... The Admiral stares at him for a long moment. And for a moment, you're not sure if the Admiral's even going to reply to him until Mestis finally says, Mestis, but I think those of us who have had enough experience with the Dominion know that it's very likely you already know that, don't you? And the Vorta just smiles and says, I am especially fond of niceties. I find that it helps make everyone calmer. Captain Azri Sol. What a genuine pleasure to see you, the Orion captain who brought down the Syndicate. I am such a fan of your work with Starfleet Intelligence. Your keen mind is something of a study back in the Dominion. We make it a point to research those who seem to display great tactical prowess, and your work with Starfleet Intelligence exemplary, quite exemplary. It was truly a joy to root out changeling infiltrators. Yes. Through Okay, so on that note, you don't have to make a roll, Exio. Thank you. <laughs> Captain Sol is talking through gritted teeth right now. <laughs> um, well, let's begin, shall we? And as the Vortis slides into the chair at the end of the desk, the Ferengi says, yes, let's begin. So, payment. I believe we were talking payment. Yes, we, we've already discussed that payment will be given. We shouldn't impose that upon our hosts, Daemon Skag. The Dominion will make sure that you are adequately compensated for your job well done. <laughs> he forces it out of his mouth like he's kind of trying to get rid of a bad taste. And Damon Skag says, well, I have your word on that. You do. And the word of the Dominion is a word you can trust. Well then, I shall await you, uh, sign back at the ship. And uh, if there's nothing else, I think I'll be on my way. Stands up, looks at everyone in the room and says, uh, Commander, calling out to Exio, and just says, if you ever would like to do a cultural exchange sometime, I'd be really interested in learning more about your technology, <laughs> if you're available for that. I, I can certainly stick around a little bit longer if you're interested. Might without be possible breaking, Without breaking eye contact with the Borda or the Jem'Hadar, I barely look, I don't even turn my head to address him. I just say, I'm quite busy at the moment. 
Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Good luck, everyone. Try not to burn the galaxy down around you like you did last time. <laughs> Skag, transport me now. You hear Ferengi on the other side and the Ferengi just vanishes. And you see the Vorta just... <sighs> Interesting. Does anybody else feel that? I, 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 roll, I rolled a 20 and a 19 for my cold reading check. <laughs> oh my. You... Why did that little creep have to flirt with me during my cold reading? <laughs> because this is how our scene is going. Yeah. The dice have spoken and they shall not be denied. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so a moment passes as the Frankie disappears and Nadron says, does anyone else feel that? Should feel? we give you a moment, Captain? And he looks directly at you, Azari. I beg your pardon? Well, if you would like to convene and we can hold these proceedings when everyone's a little more calm. Do you not feel well? I feel adequate, I would say. Good, then let's continue. Excellent. Now, six years ago, during our unfortunate conflict with the Federation, we had a number of, well, shall we say, important intelligence and fact-finding information missions taking place. As you all well know, it's standard in warfare to know what your enemy is doing and to truly understand who they are. We had a few of those ourselves, as you know. They were quite successful. And one of them involved the Orion Syndicate. We have been looking for a founder who has gone missing and has been here in the Beta Quadrant since the end of the war. We weren't sure precisely where they were or how, of course, being deep cover and unable to contact the Dominion means our founder has been out here alone for some time and I have been tasked to bring them home. And we are here on a mission that could be the beginning of a newfound chapter of friendship between the Dominion and the United Federation of Planets, helping us bring a founder home. What do you say to that? The Admiral just glances over at you, Captain Saul. Oh good, then our eyes meet. Yeah. <laughs> the Saurian's reptilian eyes fall on you. Now as a Saurian, he's already tricky to read. Um, they don't have a, they're not particularly expressive, but the Admiral doesn't mask how he's feeling. Um, as he glances at you, the moment of silence that passes between you is enough to tell you, Azari, that he is also finding this entire situation a little incredulous. This is a little outrageous to him. Um, when you also meet his gaze, he glances over at you, Exio, like he's trying to read you as well, what your thoughts on, on this. 
when the Admiral's eyes meet, when they glance over to you, what are you doing? You're muted. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, honestly, if my captain's sneaking a, uh, is, is averting their eyes to check out uh, a different eyeline than the board of mine staying put. Okay. Um, I'm I'm continuing to hold the because I also failed mine, so I'm still trying to cold read. I'm awarding myself two threat, by the way, for those two rolls. Um, okay. I'm gonna bank them. Nothing's happening in this scene, as far as yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm still. So basically, I'm holding holding my friend and, and still trying to understand because this is definitely the first time I've encountered. Um, Either of the species, so yeah, uh, you were you were literally in development when the Dominion War was happening, <laughs> and yeah. um, what you know, of course, is that there, the, the the Federation has no one since since the Federation achieved warp flight, <laughs> since its history as being a, a neighbor in the galaxy, nobody in the great powers of the quadrants have ever encountered a military with the kind of power the Dominion has been able to bring to bear. And their alliance with the Breen and the Cardassians, um, everything you know about them, this is one of the most dangerous foes the Confederation has ever had. Yes. So then I probably look like I've glitched and I'm frozen in a slight upbeat <laughs> Okay. And I'm processing as much as possible while it not actually working. It is a full like beach ball of death in my brain. <laughs> That will attract, we'll do this. That will attract the attention of the Vorta who's glanced over at you and stops and looks at you curiously and says, is your commander feeling well? Are you going to express concern for every member of the Federation in this room? Because the Admiral is the highest ranking officer. One would think that for courtesy's sake, you would start with him. Courtesy's sake would insist that I make sure that my hosts are up to the task of hosting. We can, again, resume these talks if someone's not feeling well, and glances back over at you again, Exio, who now is, you're now animated. <laughs> yes, I am now moving, and um, we have not been tasked to host. We were only to deliver. Oh, I'm sorry, no, that's not true. I'm here with the blessing of Starfleet. And the other two? My bodyguards are to attend me. I don't mean them, I mean the other governments. Ah, perhaps that's something you should take up with Starfleet. Um, at that point, the Admiral says, I'm going to calling into this meeting temporarily and rises from his chair and says, I will need to confer with Starfleet command at once. The Vorta says, of course. Would you like us to wait here? Yes. Nods to the security officers. Um, the security officers, it doesn't take much, Exio. The two ensigns standing at the door are nervous really nervous. The young woman to the left and the young man to the right are both they're incense. 
they probably went through the academy hearing stories about the Dominion War. This is probably the first time they've seen a Jim Hadar up close. Uh, they're very nervous. Um, the Admiral stands and says, if you two would please remain here, I'll have refreshments brought for the both of you. Uh, your friends, of course. And at that, uh, Nodron says, oh, thank you. I have, will be happy to take refreshments, but my companions here don't eat or drink. Very well. Captain Sol, Commander Axio, if you would follow me, please. Yes, sir. Um, he yes, pauses sir. as he's leaving the room and turns to the ensign and says, you can overhear him easily. And he just says, I want two more armed guards out front. No one is to enter or exit this room. No one is to know that anyone is here. Understood? Yes, Admiral. Good. You're going to be fine, son. He pats the, cat, the, the ensign on the shoulder as he walks past him. Um, the two of you follow after the Admiral. Um, exiting the room, the Admiral, to his credit, does a very good job of not showing any disturbance. Like, walks out with his head held high. But the moment the doors close behind you, he glances over his shoulder and he says, follow me. And his, the, the, the pace of his step as he moves down the 30 feet to his office that's just down the hall, um, moving past the corridors, you hear him Azri, you've seen this before. He has adopted a tone of like, he, the Admiral's furious right now. Um, you see a couple of people in the halls make a, just step aside as he says, make a hole as he moves past everybody. Um, staff personnel move to the side as they see you all storm past. The glass doors to his office open. You see a Tellarite watching you all walk past and storming into the office. The doors close behind the two of you. And he walks over to his desk and enters a code, locking it. Azari, you hear the familiar, and like the the sound of the room becoming essentially safe. Noise deafening from the outside as he activates this this sound screens in the room. Pretty typical during the war, not so typical after the war. And he says, Captain Commander, I have no idea what the hell is going on. Starfleet told me I'd be receiving guests from a third-party neutral representative and that is all they have told me. This is highly irregular. I should say so, sir. Was your message from Starfleet by any chance from Admiral Janeway? It was. And he moves around the side of his desk and he opens up the message and he looks down at it on his desk and he says... I've known Catherine for three years. I don't understand this. Could it be a forgery? Can I check? My same thought, Commander. He slides it over and he's like, if you can check with your eyes, I'll be impressed, Exio. And he slides it over and he says, but you do have abilities that I'm not prone to. Um, I would like to maybe backtrack the code source. Would love to see where it was sent from. Okay. Yes, Captain. Um, sorry, go ahead. I was just uh, confirming to the captain that I would appreciate their help. Okay. So the two of you glance at the data pad. Um, yeah, it is a message incoming from Starfleet. Um, if you're going to try to to trace the origin, uh, it's a simple check for you because you have command access. So as you, you and Azri 
work your command codes to see the point of origin, it looks like the message is authenticated in the clear. And it is in fact from Starfleet Command. But Exio, what do you have for sensing motivation or you, you have reading body language, but what do you have in terms of like profiling and whatnot? Um, that's sort of what, uh, I don't have specifically profiling or body language. I have, um, cold reading, which is just sort of, uh, do you mean unfocuses or talent? Um, either or, do you have anything that you could use to read this message and try to, what's up, Sam? I do. You do? Um, and I can, I, I can easily learn it if you would like to I was like going to say, you can pop your hologram ability, right? Yes, that's what I'm asking. Is there a specific, like, I don't know what this check is going to be. Um, um, so this would be. Literally... I, can't, I can't body read a message. So. Not with that attitude. So... The body of the message. <laughs> the body of the message. So, so this is something that uh, on occasion writers can do where they can just read, and anybody really can just read a message to try to detect. This doesn't sound like somebody I know <laughs> kind of thing. This is kind of like a surface read of the tone and language and the way it's written, that kind of thing. Um, if you, that, that's just another version of trying to like understand what the source of the message is. If you'd like to make some kind of read to sort of look for any hidden context, you can make that roll too. Um, it would be incredibly helpful since I have never received or met Janeway. Mm -hmm. um, so I wouldn't know her speech patterns. I wouldn't know how she writes messages. So I wouldn't personally be able to cross-check that. However, the captain has met her. So you could probably assist the captain then? I'm probably more assisting the captain as I okay. do not have that actual personal interaction to be able to make this check with accuracy. Uh, okay, but cool. you have professional distance and a clear head, neither of which the captain has right now. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, the Admiral, by the way, the irritation level of the Admiral is running pretty hot. <laughs> um, not doing a lot to mask it. The Saurian is pacing and body language is dictating. Um, I, I will say this before you make this roll real quick. Um, just as a point of narration for you in particular, Exio, you are tracking that the Admiral seems a little on the border of rage right now. It Oh, almost, yeah. It almost might be characterized as a bit of an overreaction, but he seems really, really angry. Like, Not based on what I've read. There's no, no one's in. Um, no one's reaction has seemed out of the ordinary. Actually. Okay. Okay. So Azri, then why don't we go ahead and do a, a roll, Captain? Yeah, this is pretty infuriating. So it seems reasonable. Yeah. Hence, my reaction has been mostly curiosity and evaluating them rather than everyone else because yeah. I can't read them whereas everyone else's fear and anger immediately makes sense to me. Okay, that's fair. Um, in that case, Azri, I'm going to have you roll Insight Security. Uh, okay. And I'm going to set the difficulty of this at uh... Actually, Azri, it's going to make more sense for Command, I think. Insight Command on this one. And then, Exio, if you want to do um, Reason Security... I would call for a reason security check for you. Can do. Sort of back up the findings of the captain. Um, so, uh, Saul, I'm going to set the difficulty for this at four. Okay, cool. Uh, we have momentum. Oh, wait. Yep. Cool. Uh, oh, no! Yep. Oh, 
Um, never mind. Uh, did you get one? I hadn't rolled yet. I was going to. Uh, can I burn a value for an auto crit? Uh, yes. Not on, oh, can I do on that on on an? Oh no, you can't do that on question. an assist. That's yeah. right. You're not. You're, you're not doing the main roll. Yeah. No. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No problem. And just to clarify, how exactly am I? Um, I'm helping by evaluating. So think of it in terms of like this. It's a moment where Azari is basically looking at this and reading a little bit of it out loud and then kind of glancing over to you and giving you their observations and you conferring with them. It's one of those moments where So like, I'm listening to the dips in their speech based on where they sort of are faltering and where they yes. don't believe the speech is correct. Yes, you're, you're basically uh, you are having a Picard Riker moment on the bridge where you're kind of off to the side conferring with Great. each other. Yeah. Great. Would this count as one of my counseling focuses since I am currently sort of analyzing the captain's behavior while reading this message. I'll say yes, because this is mostly to back up and to help the captain find their instinct about what they're reading. You're not right. so much trying to figure out if this is a forgery of Janeway's or not. You're mostly trying to, to find out if you're trying to support your captain's instincts, essentially. Success. Then we hit exactly four. Well, uh, I rolled a uh, one crit and one 12. Nicely done four successes on a four difficulty roll with no momentum we haven't done that too many times um so as you're reading this there's nothing in this message overtly to indicate that it's not janeway but you cannot ignore the voice in the back of your head that's saying something is just wrong about all of this and for some reason, reading this message deepens that feeling and you cannot for the life of you understand why. But every instinct that you have learned in your time at Starfleet Intelligence is telling you something is happening. Something is off. This is wrong. I agree with my commander. Something about this does not sit right. Leaving aside the, and I just look back over my shoulder to where we came from. At that point, the Admiral, you're not sure what it was, because it wasn't something you noticed when you walked in, but whatever it was, it's taken from his desk and hurled across the room into the wall, where it shatters. Um, it was a paperweight. <laughs> it was a paperweight. It shatters. It, it was a data weight. <laughs> um, data weight. As it shatters. No, it's an antique. It's an antique. Um, Who would use paper? <laughs> it's an antique. He's in, he's trying to impress. So with that shattering against the wall, you can start to see some of the telltale signs of bleed. Um, his reaction, his 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 mood is clearly his rage is clearly a little overflowed a little bit. Um, he he takes a moment, and you see the slits that are his nose and his face kind of flare open for a moment as he just. And then he just says, Captain Sol. Sir. I'm gonna ask you something I don't ask captains very often. Is there anyone at Starfleet that you trust implicitly? I look to my commander, but I look back. I mean above your chain. Yes, sir. Admiral Ree. Who used to be with Starfleet Intelligence, or is he still? From my understanding, sir, he is 
been trying to get away just a touch, perhaps less successfully than I. Then you have my authorization to reach out to Admiral Rhee on a back channel and confirm these orders with him. Let him know that I have personally requested it. Thank you, sir. I'm going to go and sit down with the Vorta and have conversations. You are both ordered to verify those orders and preparing for the worst case scenario. I have a feeling the USS Ross might be playing host to some very unwelcome guests. subconsciously look to his desk for another paperweight. That's a good place to cut that scene. <laughs> the two of you beam back aboard the Ross. Um, as you materialize on the transporter pad, um, you see Chief Tech is there flanked by Chief Sang. And Tech, um, as you and Sang are monitoring the transporter controls, um, ha uh, Singh having taken this time to actually run a diagnostic just to fine-tune the transporter pad happens all the time pretty standard stuff but the two of you cannot ignore the demeanor of of captain sull and the the slightly concerned look of exio as the lack of demeanor from exio yeah, no, that was, that's what i was trying to say yes <laughs> The, the like, wide ice cream. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, Saul is putting the mean in demeanor. Right. Um, they beam back on board. You see two of your chiefs standing there in the transporter pad. Your chief engineer being one of them. Tech sort of, sort of shifts slightly behind Singh, like just a shoulder behind the other shoulder. Um, okay. Welcome back aboard, Captain. Chief Singh says to you as you beam back on board. Everything go okay? We may need to talk to you in a while, but for the moment I'm going up to my ready room. Commander, we'll please talk to Prawl and have a secure line set up for Re, and then please do join me. And like a storm, they roll out. Singh watches and then glances at you, Tech. Everything yeah. in his face, you can see, like, the both of you have never seen Saul like that. You exchange uh, glasses. I look at Singh and I just go, I think this is bad. And I look at Exio and I go, D is this bad? You're muted. Oh. <laughs> um, I... take off my ring as the captain has left before I can give it back to them and walk past uh, uh, Singh and Chief, give a nod and storm through the doors because I now have to walk to go find Prawl. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So as the door closes behind Exio, the oh shit look on Singh's face, like it's not just like, oh, damn, Singh looks a little chilled. Like, what the hell? You see as he glances at you, Tech, he just shakes his head. Good call on the diagnostics. I think we need to 
run a couple more and yes, at least we can find yes, out what's going on. Um, so we'll cut up to the bridge. Um, as you are storming down out of the turbo lift, you hear Vryn say, Captain on the bridge. <laughs> as Captain Sol, you just beeline for your ready room. Shh, shh. Am I on the bridge? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'd like that nice, empathic, emotional read right now, please. Not that you have a choice. No, it's, I don't. It is, it is a nice wave of... Actually, I'll let, I'll let Captain Saul tell you what, 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 what washes over you when they storm off to their room. Yeah, because, of course, because they're Orion, you get a less nuanced, empathic mm -hmm. read from mm -hmm. them. Uh, but you are getting hit in the face with the pheromone, kind of like when you go through a department store and someone spritzes perfume in you. Like, it's that level of did you really have to intensity of a, a melange of adrenaline fury. Uh, it is absolutely the fight part of flight. Patience, stay. <laughs> and I get up and I go to the captain's ready room, or at least attempt to. Okay. Um, so as you move off towards the ready room, that's when Vryn is going to glance over at you, Lakat, and kind of does the same thing that Sang did down in the transporter room. He just looks at you go like... It's one of the few times where Vren doesn't have a sarcastic comment to throw out of like the obvious badness of things. Instead, he looks genuinely concerned as he glances over at you. Uh, I think that the cat says nothing. Her eyes are just trained right on the ready room and they, uh, she watches Olin walk in. Okay. Um, at about that point on the view screen, you see the Ferengi Decora class begin to pull away from the station and proceed at one quarter impulse. Um, a few moments later, um, down a few decks below, I would say in the observation round, lounge, um, Exio, it's taken you a few moments asking the computer to locate uh, Lieutenant Commander Prawl. You find Prawl in a rare moment of introspection. <laughs> um, it's rather unusual to see him in the, in the position that he's in, but as you, as you make your way onto the deck, um, Actually, no, let's actually put him on the promenade deck. So he's on deck eight. As you move into the promenade deck, the place is currently filled with off-duty uh, off officers. Ox crew loves, this is the hangout spot on the ship. The promenade deck is beautiful, as, I've, as we all know. Um, holographic birds are chirping as they fly overhead. Um, you can see that the doors, the outer doors have been opened, so you get this beautiful view of space just over on the second deck above. Um, holographic waterfalls are creating a nice ambiance. And as you move into the area, you see um, the trill currently sitting next to what looks like a large plant um, that's swaying back and forth in a breeze that's actually not there at all. Um, and he's reading a book, an actual paper-bound book. Um, and he doesn't notice you as you approach. He even has the top part of his uniform looks like it's been zipped down. He looks like he's kind of in his off hours for the moment <laughs> since you guys are docked. Um, and as you approach, he sees you and he immediately puts the book aside and he zips up the front of his uniform and stands at attention. 
Forgive me for intruding. Not at all, Commander. What can I do for you? We request your assistance immediately. The captain needs a secure channel. Right away. <clears throat> and he picks up the book and says, computer recycle, and he puts it out, and you see the computer reclaim the book in the replicator. Um, and he follows you off the promenade deck. You draw a few eyes from Ox Crew as it's one of those moments where the command staff looks pretty serious. And the crew, XEO, being somebody, being the commanding off, being the XO of the ship, you already know Ox Crew kind of knows that something's fishy about this mission. Being pulled away from Narendra Station already started a scuttlebutt that hasn't stopped. Everyone's been kind of talking about, hey, what's going on? Um, the two of you move into the turbo lift, and as the doors close, okay. as the doors close to the turbo lift, he, unless you wanted to do something as we're leaving. No, I was just going to comment that I, I was thinking about it, but then um, upon further um, analysis of the situation, my instinct is more, um, normally that's the kind of thing Exo would want to quell in the, in the, in the crew, the mm -hmm. calm, the nervous jitters. Yeah. However, I think that their um, tenseness and their more alertness is incredibly valuable at the moment. So I do not try to calm them in any way. I continue my stoic. I want to make sure that everyone I walk past knows that they need to be in their tip top alert shape. Okay. Great. Um... The two of you enter the turbo lift, and we'll do this scene first. Um, as the doors close to the turbo lift, it's just you and him alone in the scene. Um, and as you're heading to the bridge, is that correct? Um, the, the ready room where the captain was going. Okay, so you're on deck eight. So you're moving up towards uh, the bridge, to heading towards the ready room. He does not ask a question. He just stands there as the two of you go. And unless you have anything to say, the doors to the turbo lift will open to the bridge. Um, and the two of you will step off. It doesn't seem necessary. All the information will need to be repeated once we get into the ready room. And I don't know what topic we're discussing first, so I will not overstep my protocol. The two of you remain professionally quiet in a tense situation. He not knowing what's going on, you knowing, not knowing what's going on. <laughs> Prawl is incredibly capable. And this sort of situation is I'm sure exactly when he is most calm and on it. Uh, Exio, I will give you this one piece of information. Yes. You are very aware of Prawl's history with the Dominion War. He's got a yes, he's got which a is why heart. I sort of, which is why I want that information to come from the captain, a person of strength and a pillar of security and a pillar of, from a person who understands rather than a person who doesn't. Uh, understood. Okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> um, cut to the captain's ready room. Olin Majanil has entered right on your heels. Um, there's a beat before the door chirps as you're moving around the side of your desk. Captain? Can I help you? Mm. Can I help you? Best not for the moment. I can help you. I would hate to unduly influence you at this time. 
Better one person than the entire crew, Captain. Hence I am in here! If it makes you feel better to yell at me, you can go ahead. In fact, it does not. And yet I will remain here until you tell me what is going on. Olin? You don't give me... The last thing I need right now is for the two of us to start yelling at each other because I am out of control. I do not plan to start yelling, Captain. That's not how any of this works! Maybe not. But I am still here to help. starts pacing like a caged animal. Okay. I know that the right answer is probably to retreat and leave you alone, but I think you're too used to that, and so I refuse to do so. To what end? I think everybody should know that they're not alone even the people who think that they always are. I'd like to make another Claros check and see how I'm doing. Sure. Because I'm really trying to rein it in in front of the most pheromone vulnerable person Mm -hmm. on my ship who insists. So okay. Yeah. Um, can I can I assist? Because that's essentially what I'm trying to do right now is help calm them down, even if it's like kind of counterintuitive. Um, I will. I'm going to leave that into the purview of the player it is regarding. Sam, would you like an assist? I think that you're here is what's letting me make the check. Okay. Okay. Uh. Otherwise, they would be stewing in their own rage right now. So I'm. But they're going trying to... to hold it together, just not to. I'm going to use that threat. Yeah, absolutely, please. That I banked. This is the best time. Yes. Um. Are you going to increase the complication rates? That would be great. Yes, I'm increasing it by two. Amazing! I love it. So 18 or better is mm-hmm. a complication. Um, um, I'm setting the difficulty at two. Let's see. And this is a uh, control? Uh, yeah, yes, this should be a... Yeah. Holding yes, it together feels like control. I just want to double control check. Command. Uh, because yeah. uh, Orion Pheromone's talent keys off of presence. Right. Um, and they're sort of like an open question of whether that would fold into this kind of thing. So this uh, is Esri basically trying to control their biology, their, their, their pheromone output, is that correct? Uh, it's a little more, they're trying to regain their own chloros, their own composure mm-hmm. to causally downstream affect their pheromone. Gotcha. Because okay, cool. if they're calm, their pheromone output will follow. They don't really have conscious control. Okay. Uh, influence their pheromone by influencing their own feeling. They are method. Okay. 
that's two successes. Okay, two successes. Uh, no complication. Um, now, Aki. Mm-hmm. Um, because you are because you are prone, because you are particularly vulnerable to this sort of thing, mm-hmm. and because you entered the scene when there was a wave of emotion, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask for you to make a roll. Sure. And for you, this is going to be a control command roll as well. Okay. Um, and I'm setting the base difficulty at two. Sure. Can I use my uh, ooh? Can I use my dauntless talent for this? What, re, tell me what dauntless does again. Uh, it uh, gives me an extra d20 to keep me from being intimidated. No. Okay. That's fine. Uh, I also have diffuse attention. Also gives me an extra d20. Yeah, this is not an intimidation check. Uh, but the diffuse attention would that work? Diffuse attention is to basic. No, I would say no. It would not. This is this is literally. This is more. Oh, this is your uh, chloros. Yes. <laughs> That's basically. fine. I, I've been I've been waiting for uh, <laughs> for this particular. We this coming like <laughs> We knew this was going to happen. At the some two point, of you, so. the two of you, wove this fuse into place a long time ago. We really, really <laughs> did. I All right. Didn't expect it to set off on the twenty. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Mm-hmm. Difficulty so two. My control command and the difficulty is two. Yep. Uh, I crit and I so I have three successes. Okay. The two of you. Oh wait, I have two successes. I didn't crit because I'm not using any of my focuses, but yes. Okay, so you guys still have zero momentum then, if I remember correctly. Yes. So, the two of you, perhaps it's because of the familiarity you've built up with each other over the past few months of deep space uh, exploration, and the fact that you've actually managed to get personal with each other and understand the other person's plight and what you both go through and the challenges you both have had. In an unspoken moment, there's a beat between sentences where the silence that falls between you speaks volumes, and the two of you are actually able to sort of breathe it down for a second. Um, And it's not lost on either one of you that as things begin to calm, the both of you are fighting the good fight right now. This is not all on Azari. You can see the ambassador too is kind of weathering the storm. Azri. They hold their ground, you hold yours, and after a few moments, the winds around you both calm. Forta. That's the package. Sorry, can you repeat that? I accidentally muted. Vorta, that's the package. Interesting. I can understand why you were so upset. I imagine that any extra details are classified. Mm. I'm still verifying whether someone is trying to pull a fast one. Have you eaten? Would you like a... anything? You like ice cream, right? Ice cream would be sweet. Sure, why not? But what about you? I, 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 
uh, ordered some uh, uh, ice cream, vanilla. There's a chirp at the door. Come in. The door opens, and flanked by Lieutenant Commander Prawl, you see Exio enter the room. Commander? Captain. The commander told me you needed me. Yes, I need you to set up a secure channel to Admiral Ree. I'll assist you with encryption. I cannot overemphasize the necessity of security in this communication. May I enlist Lieutenant Lacat to help me with this, Captain? I'll be happy to assist you. Aye, Captain. I'll get on it right away. Nods to you, Commander, and pivots on his heel, and without another question, walks out of the room, heads straight for the security station. Um, there's just a lot of unusual activity. Even Prawl is dead quiet as he walks out of the Captain's ready room, Lacat, and Vryn glances up at us as he makes his way up the ramp and resumes his post behind the security station. Um, relieving the ensign who's there as you see him take the station he glances at the two of you and then immediately glances back down at the station as he takes his seat and starts navigating the controls um Jane stays deadly quiet other than just like leaning over to Bren just a little and saying Starfleet and then like going back to her spot that's it you say Starfleet? I say Starfleet. Um, Vryn goes, you mean like you're in Starfleet? Jane doesn't respond. She's watching Prawl. That's, she, she's tuned him out already. She's trying to figure out what's going on here. No one is telling her anything, but she's not the kind of woman to go around and be like, fucking tell me what's happening. Um, <laughs> right, because it's out of your- Stay yeah. quiet, be fly on the wall and try to extrapolate as much as you can. And the fact that they haven't like raised an alert means that it's probably coming from above. And so she that that's, that's all she's extrapolated so far. And so she's trying to figure out more. Okay. All right, so wrapping this particular part up, the three of you are in the ready room right now. Captain, I have not informed Prawl of the situation. I figured the words would be coming better from your mouth, though I can inform him separately if you would like. Before I do anything on this, I want to verify that it's in any way legitimate. And- That is why I held off, Captain. You're in um, as ever. You see on your command desk, uh, right in front of you, so you see um, patched in from the security station on the bridge, you see your like a request for your authentication codes to be transmitted. And Prawl has managed to set up a secure channel directly to Admiral Nolisry. Uh, I'm putting the uh, old school zhuzh on it you know the it's really me code word chameleon kind of yeah. Uh, yeah 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 gee isn't it a lovely day for flowers kind of <laughs> right 
uh, but also equally, they're sort of like, you know, uh, protocols like a fingerprint, which is really why why Sol is doing this on their own, not out of anything uh, for okay. the cat. Um, but yeah, uh, I can roll a clandestine or anything if you need on it. Um, yeah, I would say go ahead and make a roll. Um, I'll, I'll roll for Prawl, too. Let's go ahead and do this. Uh, um, do you control security on that? He's going to do control... He's going to do control security, and the Ross gets to assist on this. So, Xander, if you want to roll for Ross. Um, and this is going to be a communication security check. Yeah. And okay. probably the first time we've ever rolled communication security, I think. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and make that. So the difficulty of this, you're establishing a secure, a secure line directly to the Admiral's desk using your authorization codes, the USS Ross. Um, but you are doing it across pretty much half the beta quadrant through subspace relays to not be heard. Um, I tell you what, I'll set the difficulty for this at three. That shouldn't be too hard with the three of y'all rolling. Um, so let's go ahead and make the check. Oh yeah. Ah! Is there anything that comes into play to let the ship crit on a number? No, uh, uh, the, crit, crits, uh... the, the crew automatically crits any role that it gets under. Treat treat any role like that the Ross is making as a specialty. Great. So, because yeah. the Ross rolled a two, which is the science score, uh, we got a two and a seven, so that's two successes. Well, three total with a crit. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool, and cool. that's uh, another Ross, crit from Salt. Ross only rolls one, though. Correct. Yeah. Ross doesn't. Oh, for assist. Yeah. That's, you're right. Yeah. But it, does it count as a crit as two successes? Because it's a crit a, counts as two successes. Two. Yeah. yeah. So still, so, yeah. Okay. Cool. And, and uh, crit and a sixteen from Sol. So that's so bank that momentum. <laughs> cool. Uh, so you had two. I had two. That's finally one banked. Uh, did Prawl succeed? Prawl had three successes. Nice. Then uh, that moves us up to four. Four momentum moment. for the party. Prawl would have got it. Yeah. Uh, um, Good. I'm so. You established my heart. So with the three of you in the room, it only takes a few moments. You do get a notification on your computer that there is uh, just. This is not going to affect narratively how we roll, how we play the scene. But you do get notification that there is a 30 second time delay between message sent and received. Um, it's just so everyone knows that it's not like making a quick phone call across the quadrant. But a few moments pass when you see the sort of the the screen come up that you've reached his desk and a few moments pass and just you see Nollis Ree's face appear on screen. Judging from the looks of it, it looks like currently on Earth, it's about 8.30 in the morning in San Francisco. Um, Is Olin still in the room right now? Commander Exio and Olin are in the room. Well, I'm, I'm asking whether whether Olin uh, left as we were set, talking about that setting up secure channels. That would have been up to the per, up to you. Would you have asked them to leave? They would have looked to you because they cannot give you orders. Uh, but really, just eye contact, like you know. If I was As getting a GM the correction, mm -hmm. let me just jump in for a GM correction here. That's actually not true. As captain of the ship, you can it, this this ship and its crew. Like, technically, the ambassador does have authority diplomatically, but 
the crew is under your command. Can tell me to leave. Yeah. Ship matters. I have, yeah, you know, uh, so captain you is second before God, but right. strictly speaking, Saul has always tried to as accord maximal agency to the ambassador sure. out of pure courtesy, if nothing else. And for that reason, they prefer not to be in the position of issuing orders to the ambassador. Right. Uh, they will that totally makes sense. Well, if you gave with a softer, softer. Well, if you gave Olin a look, they would probably have known well enough to get the hell out of the room. <laughs> But they are probably standing literally right outside the door, waiting to be invited back in. Yeah. And that's understood, given that they gave you the first uh, piece of it. One can safely assume. But yeah. Uh, can't, can't, can't yet. It begins a real classified. So the channel opens as the ambassador leaves the room, and you see Nolus Re appear on your screen. Um, and you can tell from the like the perkiness in his upper body as he kind of perks and tilts his head back. It's it's there. It's the version of a smile. <laughs> so uh, the Binzite kind of gives that version their version of a smile and says, "Captain, this is unexpected. Is everything all right?" I certainly make a habit of courtesy calls across half the galaxy. I wish. I wish. I haven't read it here that this is a secure channel. I haven't seen you do activity like this since we worked together. Something must be wrong. What's happening? And why are you contacting me through a back channel? I send through text uh, communication. Effectively, I post uh, an attachment to him of the text. Um. So, you don't have a lot of experience with with him, uh, Exio, but because Saul is also in the room and you're kind of reading Saul's reactions as well, you both notice that uh, the Benzite Admiral, the moment he sees the text, he has a reaction. Um, it's subtle at first, but he kind of stiffens a little bit and then leans in and looks at it and just says, ah. Hmm. I see. You understand why I needed to check? Yes. I'm sorry, Captain, but these are authentic. These are your orders. You are to give our guests every possible amenity in order to uncover the location of this changeling and ensure its return to the Dominion. Alice, what the hell is going on? You're under direct orders not to tell anyone outside your immediate command circle. I'm sorry, Azri. I didn't know this was going to land in your lap. But I did hear rumblings that this was coming. 
Forgive me for interrupting, but I think the crew might notice if Jem Hadar and Vorta are walking along board. That doesn't exactly include the direct command staff. Undoubtedly. Therefore, I'm going to have to request that the entire crew of the USS Ross be ordered to secrecy on this mission. You were told this is a diplomatic crisis. That is true. How Just see it. What's that? How have there been communications between two empires and a federation? No one heard a thing about it. Troop movements across the Shackleton Expanse were disrupted, and we didn't hear a thing of it until just now. I wish I had answers for you, Captain. You, something is telling me that you do. If I knew what was going on, Azri, I would tell you. I would like to cold read that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and make the cold read. Um, that's going to be a... Yeah, that's going to be an insight command check. The difficulty on this is five. I'd like to assist by having known Nolus Ray for years. I'm not going to give anyone an assist on this. This right. is this is Exio standing kind of behind you a little bit, watching. So um, mm-hmm. go ahead and make the straight roll up. Uh, Take Exio. some momentum, Gina. Take some momentum. Yeah, we have uh, uh, enough yeah. to give you up to two dice if you need them. Uh, I will buy a die. I will also yeah, do it. use my determination right now. Okay. To auto succeed. Nice. Two. This is the time um, to use it. I'm trusting my expertise right now. Okay. There you are. And reading people's bullshit is mine. May I hmm. I know what I'm doing for my my spotlight upgrades. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at this. Okay. Eight successes. Admiral knowledge crit Ruin. twice in addition, and then also my auto crit. Admiral Nollis Ree is lying. He is lying, and he is lying well, but he is bald face lying to Captain Saul right now. And everything that you are watching as it happens tells you that Saul is buying it because Saul trusts him. Um, every instinct in your programming he's giving telltale signs i mean he was an intelligence officer for years everything in your gut right now exio he knows what's going on and this has nothing to do with guts this is pure intelligence yeah um can i use my can i have that success be my cold reading um to ask a couple more questions without Yes, if you want to do and obtain information spend, go ahead. I would like to obtain. Um, yeah. I would actually like my my first question immediately from this 
role would be to find out if he is lying to protect himself from like harm like does is he is he lying because he feels like he's in danger or is he lying because of selfish motivations that you can't get a read on um you get the impression okay. you you're you're for for that like, does he look afraid while being while lying to us um is kind of the your impression is he looks i would say he looks protective it looks to you okay. like anger protective or scared protective no cold he doesn't he doesn't seem to be cold. exhibiting okay he doesn't seem to be exhibiting any kind of emotion one way or the other it looks like you're getting the impression that he's kind of forcing himself into a position where if he has to tell an old colleague and close friend to do something he'll do it hmm okay okay um <sighs> There's only two momentum left. Um, you just got us three more. Oh, I so did. We're, yeah, we're, you're right. we're like, we're like <laughs> maxed out right now. Yeah, All the best things you want in the world. Um, <laughs> okay, based on the information that he has said so far, uh, hmm. Um, am I allowed to ask a question and then ascertain, uh, based on his next answer, the next question? Are you like, allowed to I ask write... the Admiral a question? Yeah. It, it is kind of edging against protocol. It's, it's edging against protocol, but if you want to do it, you can't. Exactly. Like, I kind of want to test him right now to shake his, cold, his coldness because he's too in his element. He was preparing for this conversation. He's not preparing for me to speak ahead of the captain. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. I kind of want to shake him. Mm -hmm. And you also um, know that uh, Sol did not, like, you know, you're in the room. Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. I don't expect you to be a statue. I know your protocols are perfectly, yeah. like, we are equal in this room right now, but not necessarily to him. Very true. All right, so um, what, would you, what would you like to do? So I know speaking out of turn wouldn't affect you, but it might affect him. Yeah. Um, so... I know their connection, the two of them. I know, I know that the Admiral cares for my captain. So I want to poke at that and um, and sort of tug at him with a comment of, you sent a secure message yet did not inform us that they would be Borta. You said that they would be a neutral third party endangering the possibility of the captain they could have struck them down the moment they zapped into that room admiral all right so what is the intended effect here the intended effect is to shake his core in in the hopes of um gardening reminded affection towards the captain okay. because they are bold-faced lying to them right now so i want to aggressively is... remind them that they put the captain in danger so this is going to be without informing them this is going to be a manipulation then um so this is going to be a presence command check and it's going to be contested so the standard difficulty here we're going to treat it like combat standard difficulty for this is going to be one and it's against his role and i'm going to spend threat on I this should save my thing now. <laughs> I'm going to spend two. 
three, and I'm gonna call upon his value. Starfleet, for the good of Starfleet. Um, Take momentum, Gina. Take momentum. Oh, I'm gonna. Do it. Uh, Eric, uh, may I assist on this one? Yes. Yes, you can. How would you like to assist? I'll just give you context real quick. Right now, your commander has stepped way out of line. So use that to inform whatever you narratively decide to do to assist right now. Uh, as as she was talking, there was the moment of what wait, wait. Mm -hmm. the the realization of what she has read in my friend and so in response, it's evident complete belief and loyalty and also just visible sense of betrayal. To bring home, I think, uh, what is in fact the commander's intended effect of reminding him that this is a hurtful thing and that he's protectful, protective and all of that. Okay. How, the how could you of it all. All right, go ahead and make your rolls. Mm -hmm. I, I want to buy some dye. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much like a vowel as well. Uh, uh, we're at five. Five. Yes. Um. So you can get uh, two more if you want. I will. I would I will like to buy those add. two. All right. Um, down to and two. I would like. Can I use my command focus, Eric? Uh. Yes. Yes. I would say you can. Yes. smile off your face. I'll thank you very much. <laughs> it's a hell of a thing to cut to break to. Let's... Oh, you're muted, Gina. Okay. How many successes? Five? How many did you get, Sam? Another one from Captain Pup Sad Puppy. <sighs> he beats both of you. Damn! By, it's because of by, his fucking value. He beats you both by two. Um, there's a beat after your impassioned plea. And Azri, you've seen this look wash over the Admiral's face only twice in your career with him. But his demeanor shifts immediately. And he says, that's a nice third pip you have on your collar there, Commander. I certainly hope you get to keep that. Captain, the USS Ross is ordered to fulfill this mission. If you cannot, I will have you relieved of duty. Starfleet out. And there's a chirp and the screen cuts. Exio's adaptive personality is kicking in and under her breath, um, you just hear, I didn't get it from you and I will keep it. He didn't give it to me in the first place. Captain. Commander. 
And with that- I'm starting to feel that blood boil that everyone else has. <laughs> There's an angry mainframe on board the USS Ross right now. <laughs> um, we're gonna use this as a great moment to go to a break because we're at 8.04. So let's pause here because when we come back, we're gonna continue unraveling this mystery and we're going to check in with our doctor and our other crew members as things have started to really simmer. Um, don't go anywhere, guys. We'll see you in 10 minutes. I'm just saying that if the TARDIS had torpedo launchers, it would be even cooler. I'm just saying. Runs on necessary. No, uh, yeah. We that's lost them in the swimming pool. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I like to think that Meat Stick is still down somewhere in the swimming pool, just like cleaning the pool. Sploosh. <laughs> yeah, sploosh. <laughs> All right. Um, Let's go ahead and jump into tonight's game. Um, we left off at a pretty tense moment where <laughs> xeo.exe didn't stop working. xeo.exe overclocked and was getting L pissed off. And we are now going to cut down to sickbay as the scene abruptly cuts away as Captain Soul, you were given a direct order from your longtime friend and colleague to fulfill this mission and that the crew of the USS Ross is hereby um, given full authorization and, and classified. This whole mission has been classified at this point. So you have some really happy news to report back to the Admiral Starbase 105 who's waiting to find out if the orders that were given were authentic. I'm excited. <laughs> There's a lot there's a something is not right here that is being verified at every turn but no answers have been given only that you have been given direct orders from an admiral in starfleet apparently i don't get to find out the nice way <laughs> um captain i will say that there is uh there's a really good chance that whatever is happening here probably is not known by the other governments of the quadrant um in which case, if there is something happening right now, it's in direct violation of the Treaty of Bajor. But, oh yeah, my crew are being really put in danger. It's it's yeah mm. yeah. Hence, it, my it calculated outburst. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exio, who's literally programmed for the safety of the crew as a commander. Um, yeah. Mm. Let's see. My values include. You know what? We don't care about those. <laughs> um, care, none of them include caring about my crew. Surely. So. Down in sick bay, main sick bay. It has been an incredibly quiet journey for you uh, so far, uh, McCrell. Main sick bay has only seen a few of the standard like ox crew coming and going, as it sometimes happens when there's not uh, when there's not a lot of heavy duty activity that's outside the norms. Since the Ross isn't technically in full operation right now, she's on standby while uh, new orders are being received. The people that are coming into your sick bay um, are, the, are sprained ankles, um, you know, cold symptoms, stuff like that. You're basically doing the house call kind of thing. You are, you're, you're basically doing like the country doctor <laughs> where a lot of the stuff that's coming in um, looks pretty, everything's boring. Right take, it's, it's basically the take two aspirin and call me in the morning. Yeah, it's been pretty chill. Um, however, 
as you're at your desk, a few of the medical staff, uh, one of them taps on your window to your office. And as you glance up, she points. Um, and looking where this incident's pointing, you see coming into the sick bay once again is Dr. Wellix. Um, and when you see him walk into the sick bay, he doesn't have that same stride that he normally does where he... Wellix, whenever he moves, he moves with... He moves like he's got a purpose. Wellix is always somebody who's rather abrupt in his body language and the mm -hmm. way he addresses people um, and the way he the way he goes from point A to point B. You can tell something's wrong immediately because as the doors open to sickbay and as you get pointed in his direction, you see him actually get caught by one of the other uh, medical, the nurses in the office as he almost loses his balance and topples over. They catch him as he's about to go down and guide him over to a medical bed while one of the other nurses immediately rushes over and grabs a tricorder. And I just um, put down my cup and grab my medical supplies because I was expecting this and knew it was going to happen. Okay. Um, anticipating your needs as you step out, um, the tricorder is handed to you as you approach Wellix. Um, the Trill is holding himself on the medical bed and looking at you as you approach. And there's a split second, Doctor, where when he looks at you, without needing to make a roll, there's a split second where you see he doesn't recognize you. He looks at you as you're approaching and he kind of recoils a little bit mm -hmm. and then focuses on you for a moment as you approach. I, I reach out very slow so I don't startle him. I know I can be very intimidating. <laughs> um, so I, I reach out and, you know, slow and uh, run a quick scan, but never breaking eye contact from him so I so he doesn't get fearful. He, as you're running the scan, he just says, McCrell. Yes. It's getting worse, isn't it? I think so, yes. Yes. We are doing everything we can in order to stop the degeneration of my brain. Yes. Yeah. Um, go ahead and make a reason medicine check. Okay. Okay. Am I? Uh, I'm assuming my focus has come into play, like xenobiology. Oh yeah. Psychia, uh, psychology, surgery, all all my fun things. Xenobiology would come into play. Sure, sure. I mean, biology is kind of just like giving the diversity of the Federation and the species you come in contact with, there is no more vital focus for a doctor to have. Right. <laughs> so it absolutely comes into play. So, What's the difficulty? Uh, difficulty is one. Uh, okay. And that's adjusted down because you have a tricorder. Yes. Um, two successes. Two successes. Um, Yes, the tricorder is detecting a significant degeneration in his brain. Uh, it looks like it's it's in the area. It looks actually. Here's something interesting: is as you're running the tricorder over the base of his skull, mm -hmm. what you're actually getting now is a better map of the rate and direction of the degeneration that's taking place. It looks like the brain cells. Uh, 
the brain cells are, are essentially, it's like watching what happens when brain cells are exposed to radiation. It's almost the same effect. Um, it's, you're sort of seeing a lattice work of the decay, essentially. Obviously this tricorder is able to detect medical anomalies in ways that modern technology can't. So it's able to sort of map out where a lot of the anomalies are taking place and you're seeing a lot of the degeneration brought up in sort of a physical data stream on the tricorder. Mm -hmm. here's, the, here's the catch though. And this starts occurring to you, McCrell, as you're scanning him. But as you are watching the data come in, you're realizing slowly but surely, it, it, it just occurs to you as you score these two successes, an aha moment. Even though there's a rate of decay that's happening, the data that it's bringing in that you're being that you're able to cross reference with the mm -hmm. files that you're seeing the breakdown you're starting to realize that the worse this gets the more likely it is you're able to use that information to actually devise some kind of treatment um it, it's a race at this point you're noticing now because you you've done a full medical workup on him since oh, yes. the whole episode began Huge. and the data that you're constantly compiling the computer is finally getting a sense of exactly where the degeneration is taking place and how it might be getting treated and and your medical knowledge is really clicking into place this is to simulate the fact that through this whole time you have been telling me off camera every time we every time we're about to play mm -hmm. you and xander both um have been trying to figure out the nature of the technology of that chip Mm -hmm. And you, in particular, McCrell, have been trying to figure out exactly how it's affecting him and how you can reverse this process. Yes, I um, haven't been taking days off. Right. So you have reached a crossroads now. And so is he. He is reaching a point where the damage that's been done and that's continuing to be done, it's approaching that cusp where you don't know how reversible any of this is. Um, still possible. Mm -hmm. The flip side to this though is, is that um, you're finally starting to unlock the possibility of helping him. Okay. It's, it's kind of like the best, the best way to describe this is you're in a plane doing a nosedive. You've got to pull up at the right second to get that lift in order to escape from the nosedive, but you've mm -hmm. got to find the right moment to pull out mm -hmm. or the plane's wings will come off and you'll lose him. It's kind of the same, kind of the same principle here. Mm -hmm. You're playing a game of chicken with this disease, essentially, with this degeneration. Um, and it's starting to, but there is hope. Like as you're looking at the data, it's starting to finally occur to you that even though you've been frustrated by a lack of results so far, it's not, it hasn't been for naught. Okay. Uh... He does look at you with sort of concerned eyes, and he just says. How bad is it this time? It's actually a lot worse, which actually gives me some hope, which I know sounds a little contradicting. No, actually, I appreciate your brutal honesty. Yes. Well, I promised you from the beginning that I would always be completely honest with you about your condition. Dr. Wellex, what we are going to have to do 
with this treatment, it's going to be, and I particularly like this analogy, it is going to be a battle for your life. And I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need you to come in every day. The more information I receive from you, I feel we can beat this, but I need you to be 100% cooperative. You've been fighting against this, against wanting to live this whole time. I need you to fight with me to live. You are getting a second chance at life. Not many people get that. And we're not gonna let your past define who you are today. And you're laughing. I thought that was good. I'm looking at my nurses like, anyone? Like, Bueller? I thought that was great. I, I think you did all right. Like, I'm, I know my bed manner is not quite. Doctor, what I appreciate about you <sighs> is like me, just like me, for the betterment of everyone around you, you pretend to be someone else. Yes, but that someone else is who I would like to be. That brings me to something I've been wanting to ask you. There's a chance I don't make it out of this. I don't want to die not knowing who I am. If it looks like there's a chance I might not survive, I would like to be given back my old appearance before I die. I want to die as Sorex, who I truly am, and not as Wellix. I can understand that, and... No, no, no. I need you to promise me. And he leans in, and for the first time, you see some desperation in his eyes as his hands gently touch your arm, and he just says, Please. It will be all that I have left. Of course, I would have to notify the captain, but... I promise. I will do everything in my power to fulfill your wish. Thank you. And trust me, I um, can be very convincing. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Dr. Wellitz, I know you feel like you're not going to make it through this ordeal, but I have you know there's not many patients I have lost and I don't plan on putting you on my list of the negative <laughs> well if I know my espionage doctor mm. I doubt my death will be put on any record book no most likely not however I have a record here and I'm not going to put you on that list either. 
Meaning you're, we're going. I follow you. I follow you. Okay. Good. Can you give me something for the dizziness? Yes. And also, I want. I want you to also keep seeing Commander Exio. <laughs> I know. I know that you have been seeing her, even though you said you did not want to. Initially, I didn't. Yes. But I'm discovering that. <laughs> a hologram with a soul might be the one person I can talk to right now. Present company, perhaps excluded. The more... I feel the more you isolate yourself, the more you will lose yourself. You need to keep talking, keep remembering, keep... anything to keep your mind active. Uh, we could sit at night and play chess, anything to make sure that you're still... No, no human games. If okay, I'm going to... we'll, we'll play one of yours, of your choice. You, you can teach me. I'm quite good with games. I'm going to put in a request that I be given access to the holodeck. Maybe if I could spend some time... Remembering what it was to walk on Romulus. If I could spend some time remembering who I am, I think that would help me. You don't know what it's like waking up every morning and staring into the face that I barely recognize. I took some glee in this at first. I... <laughs> I'm sorry for how I treated you and the crew when I first came aboard. You've all done yeah. me a tremendous favor. You've done me. You've taken care of me. Yeah. You have to understand that Romulans, we are taught from birth not to trust the Federation or anybody within. And these are different times. Dr. Wellex. You cannot let your race define who you are. <laughs> Romulan or not, getting to know you and seeing the way you have interacted with the crew without any alternative motives shows that there is some... Forgive the word humanity in you. Ha ha ha. I know. It's you were doing so well. <laughs> Dr. Wellex, as your doctor, I do believe that the holodeck would be good for you. However, I have to request that either Commander Exio or myself be present to supervise. I, I figured maybe, maybe I can ask Counselor Exio, if she would attend counseling sessions with me on the holodeck. I think she has something of an affinity for hardened light and photons. That's very true. And also, I would just make sure to personally um, supervise your programs and make sure that you are not using the holodeck for 
any alternative motives or anything that I felt that would put yourself at harm. Are you worried that I'm going to kill myself, Doctor? No. Because you're still here and I have now felt that you do not want to die. You did. But I felt that you have now found a new... Yes, it would appear that I have spent enough time around your annoying, infectious Federation enthusiasm. Yes, yes. We tend to do that. He starts sliding off the the bed and, and kind of steadies himself a little bit and says, All right, enough. I'll just take my shot, please. Uh, I'd like to do one more scan. Do your scan. Thank you. I'm going to, um... I want to do, um, a scan, uh, particularly focusing on his, uh, memory, or in the brain, where where memory would be. I, I want to just see if I can... I know, I know in the back where the chip was is where it's deteriorating the most. I want to see, I mean, maybe I, maybe I would have gotten that in the first scan regardless. I would say that's an obtain information check. Okay. So go ahead and just spin the one momentum for the obtain information. What is it you want to know? I want to know, um, if there, obviously there is deterioration, but if there's anything that would set an alarm off for me, that's making maybe his memories, uh, warped are not correct or I hear you reality yeah. and non-reality merge because like if we're going to put him on the holodeck so I want to yeah. make sure that he's actually not like a dream sure. of this or yeah yeah sure yeah because being within the matrix within the matrix would be a bad idea exactly um, I don't want to I don't want to um continue yeah. to help him remember a reality that's not true you, want to, you don't want to exasperate his condition so thank you yeah um so with that initial scan, I can tell you that he is not currently in a state where he is, he's had episodes obviously in the past, mm-hmm. particularly when he was confisc- when he was tackled by security. Um, right. He's had episodes in the past, but he doesn't, the, the weeks that have followed, he has not exhibited any uh, signs. He's actually, thanks to your treatments, he mm-hmm. is stabilized. The gen- generation is still taking place, but he has managed to, with counseling sessions and with medicine treatments, he has managed to level off and really live. Um, mm-hmm. However, there is no doubt that his cognitive association with reality is going to separate mm-hmm. at some point if this continues. That's and and it and it will get it will get very bad because this is not this is not a standard degenerative disease. This is deliberate brain damage brought on by a Romulan device intended to kill him that did not. Um, so, um, it's, it's going to be bad if it progresses to its full course, it's going to be very bad. Um, but as you give him the hypo spray, he just says, ah, that's much better. Thank you. You're welcome. And look, if you are feeling that ever, do not be embarrassed to come (laughs) to sick bay. I'm not embarrassed to come to sickbay. I'm not a Klingon, doctor. There's Good. anything else? 
I'll be on my way. My security is probably waiting for me. Excuse me. Yes. He hops down off the bed, and he's got his equilibrium back. Sure enough, as the doors open to the sick bay, you see two yellow-uniformed officers, uh, holstered phasers, standing very non-threateningly, just waiting for him to leave. And um, he steps out of the sick bay and does glance back at you before the doors close as the two ensigns follow him out. So actually, uh, as oh. as they're walking out, Tech uh -huh. and Sing uh, come around the corner, and they're coming into sickbay. Okay. Uh, and so they've got their uh, engineering kits, and we're just running a couple of diagnostics here, Doc. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, was it anything important? Well, yes, I didn't have diagnostics on the schedule today, but please. It's a little bit unscheduled and he'll uh sort of motion off for sing to get to work and he'll pull the doctor aside oh, sing yes. reads what you're doing and just says <laughs> yes yes uh, and moves off immediately can i help Doc. you Chief? yes yeah uh <clears throat> it's just me maybe my uh bullying instincts kicking in here but uh the captain and commander axio well they look pretty serious it looks, well, it looks about the, the same amount of serious as before. I've, I've seen that look. Is, is this have something to do with our rendezvous at the Starbase? I'm not sure. I don't really know what's going on, but I do know that when they beamed over, that look was, was a look of war. Well, I have full faith in our captain, and I'm sure they will give us information when they see fit. However, I do have something urgent for you. Chief Tech, we are running out of time. And I know with Dr. Wellex, you're, it's not a true priority for you, for his life. But we have to try. Are we any closer? What, what did the, what did you get? Well, I do have some new scans that actually might help us. His brain is deteriorating faster. However, I'm able to actually map it out in a more detailed way. Oh, that'll help. Uh, can you transfer it over to my lab in the holodeck? Yes, I was planning on doing that, but as you walked by, it was very convenient to show you in person <laughs> as well. I, Doc, you know this isn't like me. I'll take a look at this. I, I want to help Dr. Wellix, but I gotta say, that feeling, you're one of the only people I know that can understand. I know. But look, as a doctor, I took a vow. Your brother took a vow. I know. To... I know. And help me let Dr. Wellex live in his name. He worked under me for a long time and, and was a very skilled doctor. Doc, I'm... I gotta go. Can you send those to my, my lab? Yes. And Tech walks out and says, Sing, you're in charge, and leaves. Uh, yes, Chief. Um, Sing approaches you, Doctor, and just says, 
I don't know what I'm in charge of. We were actually just here under the pretense to tell you this information, Doctor. I, um, I understand. You you don't have to run it. Thank you, Doctor. Like every, he, yeah, you're <laughs> he leaves the sick bay. <laughs> Immediately steps out and says, well, that was good diagnostic, and then just leaves <laughs> as he banks around the corner. And at this point... Um, I'm going to brew a double, uh, a double strong tea. Oh, man. Because I know double. something is about to happen. Are you double nipping? Is that what's happening? There is no nip in my tea, everyone. <laughs> this tea is nipless. We are um, not robbing a bank, and there's no nip in the tea. There is no nip in the tea. I just need a little extra herb to get through this meeting that I know is eventually about to happen. And by herb, I don't know what I mean. I'm just gonna sit here and drink my tea and look over the brain scans and go, yes. <laughs> you just need a little nip me up. <laughs> I, just, I just know something's about to go down and I might need some calming action. So as, as, things, as things on the upper decks are moving forward, especially after that very contentious meeting with the Starfleet Admiral, um, Right about now is when the next shift has begun. So a lot of the duty officers, uh, alpha shift is phasing out as beta shift begins. Um, we'll take this next scene in 10 forward. The captain, Captain Sol, you, you, we're gonna say that you and XEO are currently, <laughs> y'all are in war mode right now, together in your ready room and we'll get to this because I want to find out how Exio and Captain Sol are the conversation that they are going to have about their conversation from earlier today. So we'll actually, we can put that in the captain's quarters or wherever y'all want, but uh, let's, I want to get to that. But I, I want to do a, t a scene in 10 forward because I know that um, this is typically where a lot of the bridge officers like to retire after a long duty shift. Um, and today has been a very tense day particularly because there's been a lot of tension with nothing happening. There's so many people that are still in the dark as to what's going on. But about this point, word has gotten around the ship that something is very wrong. People have seen the captain, they've seen the commander. Um, it's been unusually quiet. They know that the mission, they've here, they have not been given new orders. Um, Yeoman Shanto has been, um, The yeoman has been doing her job at sort of keeping the scuttlebutt on the level so while the command staff does the things that they need to get done. She has been, um, and the ox crew, to their what credit, have been really been moderating. Yeah, um, the ox crew, to their credit, uh, has been keeping keeping, <laughs> as they like to say on the forum posts, keeping speculative uh, talk to a minimum. Um, so, but there is a general atmosphere on the ship of. What happens next? What's going on? Um, so we're going to cut to 10 forward, where as you enter 10 forward, Lacat, um, at the bar, you see Vren and Prawl having what looks like an interesting conversation with Solon, who is sitting there cleaning out a glass. And Prawl and Vren both look uncharacteristically antisocial. <laughs> Even though they're sitting next to each other, they don't seem to be really talking. Um, 
Solon is asking them questions from the looks of it, but they're both kind of just responding with nods. Um, I, okay, so Cat walks up um, to them as if they are part of the same party and she goes, guys, I found the table over here. Um, Vryn goes, Good. And Paul says, great. Thank you so much, LaCat. We've been waiting for a table. And he pulls Vryn away from the bar. And Solon, under their breath, just goes, smooth. (laughs) Wait, wait. Just as a fan, I want to know, what is Solon wearing? Solon is wearing almost... Solon's... Solon's, uh, The the torso is covered in a gossamer-like Japanese folded kimono style and it drifts all the way down with billowed sleeves that come down to the wrist, and it's laced with what looks like, it almost looks like someone's etched golden uh, sort of like leaves, like branches, into the sleeve work itself. Um, But towards the bottom, it folds into what looks like a lavish, sort of of like a a cloth tie-around belt. Very Mirror Universe-esque in that regard, just sort of like this nice sort of, cloth silk looking like belt um for those of you who would look close it is a rare silk um belt it actually wraps around made of tholian silk it gives way to what looks like some very comfortable very soft cotton uh pants and knee-high leather boots from the looks of it um i think maybe it's technical It, it it sounds like fan art (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I need to go to Tin Ford now. I could use some milk. Um, Solon also has their hair all the way up into a top knot, and it just drifts all the way down their back. Um, and it's actually exposed. Yeah. It's actually exposed a tattoo on the back of their neck that was not visible before underneath Can the waves of long hair. Can you stop me like this? Can you <laughs> um, I want um, all of it. I want, I want all of it. We are now in combat. Everyone, roll want, for initiative. I want all. I want. I want to see this outfit on every person. This is why replicators were invented, Commander. That we don't need to fight over one of them. <laughs> all, all may partake. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Uh, um, okay, so the so, two of you go find a table. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Jane stops at the bar. So they've walked off to okay. the table that she's pointing at. Jane stops at the bar and um, she looks at Solon and Solon and mm-hmm. orders um, and says, can I have one water? And then she pauses and one canar. Canar, I was wondering if you're gonna order some of that. And they go down under the bar and come back up with some glasses goes over to the replicator. A few moments later, comes back and says, this is a very special drink for me because, Lacat, you're our only Cardassian on board. You've come very, very far. The Cardassian people have gone through quite a bit and we all get a little homesick. So I have custom tailored this drink specifically, spending hours to make sure that this replicator- I appreciate this but I'm in a bit of a rush. Enjoy. And she walks. Um, she takes both glasses, one in each hand, and she walks. Um, master master of the under the breath comment as people leave their bar, they just say, they're gonna love it. Um, Jane also doesn't drink, so this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> um, 
It's non-alcoholic so anyway, too. So. Yeah, so she sits down. Okay. Oh, it's, it's non-alcoholic, but still. Yeah, alcohol is not allowed. Still, it's, it's, allowed. The, it's the concept. Yeah. Uh, um, she sits down and uh, in front of her, she places both the water and the canar. And then she looks up at Prawl and Ren. And uh, what 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 do they what do they look like right now? What what what's going on? What have they um, done? Vren like? is currently tugging at his chops, and looking out the window at the starbase, um, not really paying too much attention to who's sitting at the table. He looks like he's in the middle of a thought or trying to find something to say, but Prawl is Prawl is just kind of looking down at his drink when he's watching you as you approach and you sit down, and as you sit down, he just says, "All right, let's hear it." What do you want to say? Okay, so he says that to me, and I turn to Paul and I say, "You know what's going on here." And then I turn to Bren and I say, "You don't." So, what are your top three guesses? And stop and think. You only get three. So you're smart. I know you are. What are your top three guesses? You're asking Bren. I'm asking Bren because I know Paul knows, but I want to know what Bren thinks. Bren goes, um, I don't know. Cat is probably pissed about the whole Tholian thing. How a Tholian dreadnought gets out of the middle of the Shackleton expanse is probably Check that idea out. We're facing down Tholians and Exio comes into my lab and gives me two thumbs up. That's not happening right now. Okay. Okay, so not Tholians. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's, I mean, there was a Romulan thing. Maybe it has something to do with the Romulans. I mean, Maybe. being pulled out of the Shackleton Expanse was kind of shitty. You've got one more guess. Uh, I don't know. Um... Great. Don't have the patience for it. I turn to Prawl and so I say, what's going on with Starfleet? Prawl says, I can't tell you. Damn it. <laughs> um... I think that, well, that was Ravity saying it. Like, oh, no. <laughs> um, Jane, Jane does not. She looks at him and says, do you not see the sunrest that's going on? Do you really think it's that great of an idea to let it fester? The cat, what I think doesn't matter. I'm not the captain of this ship. That's a valid point. Vryn leans in and says, you know, you don't have to be so hard on her. She's got a point. This is kind of, something's really off. I mean, this is, this isn't, this isn't like, oh, Tholians, ah, this is like something else. Something is really off. Right. And Prawl nods right. and says, that's very well put, Vryn. That's very well put. Well done. Are we, so there's this game. I turn to Vryn and I look okay. at Prawl and I okay. say it's called 20 questions. And it's where, <laughs> and it's where, you prawl can answer yes or no to any questions. You're technically not revealing anything. Prawl smiles and nods and says, "Yeah, I, I, I remember this from back in my academy days." All right, good. Um, I played at academy too, huh? Um, okay. So, does this have to do with Starfleet? The captain will tell you when it's time to tell you. Damn it. Vryn leans in and just says, but you do know what's going on, right? And Prawl says, 
No, not everything, but I know a few two things. Questions. What's that? That's good to know. Two questions. We're two questions down. Yeah. 18 questions. Let's go. Um, I, I what, don't know what, everything, what, what but is, yes, something is happening. What is Prawl drinking right now? Uh, Prawl looks like he's drinking some kind of greenish liquid. Like okay. a light green, like a real pale light green liquid. It's hard to say what it is. Okay. Um, not gonna reach over and try some, but uh, know <laughs> that you considered it. Just take uh, a drink. <laughs> yeah. So th Jane, Jane, then says, "Well, I guess there's nothing to do but wait." And then she stares at Prawl and she grabs the canar and chugs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's what she does. She's she's literally gonna sit there and wait with Prawl and Ren. You know, I do have to hand it to you, though, Lieutenant. And Prawl glances over at you and says, you're actually handling this better than I ever did. When I first started out in Starfleet, I didn't have the experience that you had. And I wasn't as... Handling what exactly? I didn't handle not being told things by my commanding officers too well. It got worse during the Dominion War because Starfleet Intelligence wouldn't tell us everything. I want you to know I am dying inside right now. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know the feeling. Does he laugh? Yeah. Okay. That's weird. Don't trust that shit. <laughs> um, but... Vryn just shrugs and he's like, oh, well, whatever. And he leans back in his chair. I am trying to be Commander Pearl on my best behavior. And so, in a past life, where I may have gone out and tried to find the answers for myself if no one was giving them to me. I am trying to be on my best behavior. I'm glad to hear that, Lieutenant, as he raises his glass with you and he says, because quite frankly, I think you're a damn fine science officer and I'm glad to have you aboard this ship. You know, there was a second there when we were on that planet and we were ambushing those two smugglers when I thought that I had made a mistake becoming a science officer. <laughs> anyway, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Excuse me. He stands up rather abruptly and walks away from the table. Um, and Vryn watches him go, says, I don't know why he does that sometimes. I don't know why he does that sometimes either, but we're going to follow him. Let's go. And she loops her arm around Vren, and they follow Prawl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very. But we keep, we, keep a, we keep a fair distance back. But basically, oh. Jane is waiting, and she's Social not. Distancing, Social distancing, apart. six feet apart. Um, so, so happy to end the scene here, but know that she just, like, you know, follows Prawl. Um. Y'all make it outside the tin Ford when you just see the doors of a turbo lift closing as Prawl gets on it and disappears. <laughs> and yeah, he just says, oh, well, we tried. Uh, was, was that your attempt at trying? Do you really not sense this weirdness? Do you not care? What is going on here, Ren? 
And she's, she's, you know what? I would like to try and sense motive on Ren and try and figure out what. <laughs> what okay. Ren's chill nature is getting. Is... Chill about this. Ren's chill is disturbing your calm. Yeah, so. it really is. It really is. <laughs> so we're going to make a roll here. So roll, roll insight command. And the difficulty of this is one. No, oh, I mean, I got a one. Okay. Yeah. Um, Vren looks nervous. He looks like he's trying to, you get the impression he wants to say something and he's kind of like not finding the words. Kind of like he did when you first sat down and he was tugging at the side of his sideburns. Okay. Jane's going to try and be a good, calming person right now. Okay. Um, and she's going to say, I don't think those were your only three guesses. Something tells me they weren't. Oh. Uh, no, I have no idea what's going on. I really don't. I have no idea. I, she I'm looks used to... at him. And then she turns on her heel and she's going to walk back towards the bridge. You had your chance. Um, oh, uh, hey, LaCat? Yep. Um... You see, he, he runs his hands through his hair for a second, and then he kind of tugs at his antenna for a moment, and then just kind of... People just think I'm made of time on this ship. Wait. And now you. Yeah. Sorry. Have a good night. What was it? No, no. So you, I'm you... sorry. I'm sorry. I got impatient. I'm just... I Paul was spot on. I don't like things being kept from me. Uh, you, you, you said something to me when we were on, you know, the, the druid planet or whatever the hell that was, um, with the, the, you know, the bio stuff everywhere that when we, when we went exploring, um, the tree. yeah, yeah, uh, I just wanted to tell you that I, I know you listen to me and, and I appreciate that. Like I. I, I know I know that you you actually listen. She's got nothing to say to that. She's gonna turn around and walk away. So have a good night. And, and she's walking. Okay. As you vanish down the corridor, uh Vryn hesitates for a moment and says, Yeah, that went well. And he walks right back into ten forward. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um Sleep boy. So, um, when you get back to your quarters, Lacat, you see Asmi standing at your quarters waiting for you. Oh, great. Um, and she just goes, hey, I've got it. It's not much. And she hands you a data pad. Oh, my God. Um, Lacat is full attention on the data pad at this point. Uh, was it was it difficult? Did you did you find anything surprising? But she's um, already reading. Not stuff that's not too much surprising. There's not a lot in there, except for I was kind of surprised to find out that McCrell actually knew his brother, and was apparently there when his brother died. I didn't know those two knew each other before this assignment, but apparently they they were connected somehow. Huh. So maybe that's a lead, but I couldn't do any 
there were some elements to it that were still classified because it was during the Dominion War. Does that and, seem suspicious to you? Not really. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened in the Dominion War that's classified, and you know, I'm a yeoman. I'm not going to have access to that stuff. So thank you, thank you for yeah. um, from trying uh, for 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 doing this much. This is <clears throat> this is good. Um, I owe you a drink. Probably. I could Maybe see that. Too. Probably, Maybe yeah. Too. Um, you know what? She outside my quarters. Mm hmm. Okay. Um, Jane's not gonna invite her in, but um, she's gonna say she's gonna turn to Asmi and say, "Wait right here, one moment." Actually, and she's gonna walk in to her quarters, and I can't remember if we've described her quarters at all. A little bit. Okay. Um, it's 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 very Spartan. Um, there's one wall that's dedicated entirely to like Orwell and it's like little like Chuck E. Cheese maze, whatever that is. <laughs> and then there's uh, uh, there's plants everywhere. Um, and Jane is gonna go walk over. Oh no, does this? Uh, and in in the far 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 corner, um, towards the back, like if you were gonna break into this room this is the, probably the last corner you'd go towards okay um it's like strategically placed almost um there's a few bajoran lilacs and so she's gonna she's she's, she's gonna pick up a potted bajoran lilac and bring okay. it back um, um the moment then, you step out of the room the moment they come into visual range there is an audible just like inhale, like gasp as you step out and she stares at them. She goes, oh my. Uh, for, for your hardships and Jane just hands them over. Uh, Thanks. I, um, uh, oh my god, never mind. I'm not gonna say that. I was gonna say I grew up around those, but that would have never mind. <laughs> she 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 goes <laughs> Um These are exactly like the ones my father used to plant outside our house. Jane has nothing to say to that. Um she Where did you get these? Um Okay, so you know what? I had a few seeds saved. Just That's right. Enough. You're an, you're you're a botanist. That's the reason. Yep. Um, yep. I I there's been a lot of tension today, and I think I need to just go sleep. So I'm gonna go do that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this. Really. I um. Hey. Did some things, and this is gonna help write that. Maybe. I'm not trying to crush your vibe here. I get that you want to leave, but I just want to ask you before you go. Now, instead of showering you with gratitude, because this is incredible, um, and I want to make you uncomfortable, but I do want to ask: Are you okay? I'm already uncomfortable. Well, I have no sympathy for you. <laughs> are you okay? Um. <laughs> Roll the 16. Mm. You tell me what that means. Okay. Um, 
I think that Jane says, looks her dead in the eye, says, I'm fine. And her being a future JAG officer realizes that she's not fine, but she can also probably tell this conversation is over. Yeah. Um, unless you have something to tell me about why everyone on the ship is suddenly so damn tense. Um, I... I can tell you this. I have a feeling we're all going to find out very, very soon. Okay. Well, sitting here and waiting, that's what I told Commander Paul I was doing, so that's what I'm going to keep doing. I'm just going to go sit in my room and stare at a wall until someone really tells me what the fuck is going on. She nods and, and she says, that's pretty much what I'm about to go do. Oh, no. <laughs> does, she, does she invite her in? No, she ooh, doesn't. No, she doesn't. So there's, um, a, there's anyway. a beat. There's an awkward there's beat, beat. She says, well, uh, good night. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, she walks towards the turbo lift. And uh, Jane waits till she gets on the turbo lift. And then once she's gone, then she returns to her room. Outside the window of your room is the, the the station, Starbase 105. It just sitting there in space, and whatever the fuck is happening started the moment you arrived here, and it's almost like it's mocking you, Jane. Whatever is going on, maybe Asmi is right, and it's gonna you're gonna find out very soon, but it's frustrating to look outside the window of your quarters and see uh, 30, you know, 30 kilometers away that station. <laughs> it's frustrating. Um, we're going to cut to the quarters of Captain Azari Sol and Commander Exio. Shift has ended. The two of you closed out, trying to smooth out the wave of frustration and anxiety that have overcome both of you. Um, this is the first chance you've had a moment to reconvene since your conversation with the Admiral. Uh, all you know is is what you've been told so far, and you know that this has to be resolved soon. Uh, apparently, um, the Admiral Starbase 105 has informed all of you that currently he has assigned quarters to the guests, and they are under heavy guard. They're also currently being quarantined from the rest of the station. Right now, the station thinks that there is an emergency repair taking place. So he's managed to keep it under wraps that these people are here but he wants to have a meeting with the two of you as soon as you're available. The latest he can wait is 0800 hours tomorrow morning. The scene begins now as you guys both walk, the two of you enter into the quarters, door closes behind you. And you, like LaCat, see the star base in front of you, in front of the large captain's quarters windows. I walk to the window and lean up against it. A little bit of your reflection looking back, but beyond your green eyes, Azari, is that star base and an echo of the war that you left six years ago waiting for you on it. I turn around and, and, and lean against it so it's in, uh, it's behind me. Mm. Symbolism. And I regard Exio. Exio is sitting, standing directly in the middle of the room, spine as straight as the the most disciplined ballerina. 
and um, and is regarding only you. Is refusing to look out the window. You can see insult that kind of tired that the drained feeling after rage like you just ran a middle distance when I see that wash over you um, I step forward and sort of um, that thing when you're extremely upset but the moment you see someone else upset yours disappears completely and you go and like it completely disappears in you um, you go into full like support mode um, and I step forward um, till you can feel I, I step forward all the way to you till you can feel the warmth from my light and um, at any distance my dear <laughs> um, and I say um, I can schedule the meeting to inform the rest of the command crew how would you like to how would you like me to handle telling the rest of the crew we have till tomorrow, but I think the earlier the better, as I can already feel the crew starting to get jittery. Yes, we need to get our house in order as soon as possible, because in intelligence we have the saying about the two people keeping a secret, and one of them is... And 2,518 is obviously a very reasonable number of people for the Admiralty to expect to keep a secret. This... We need to convene the staff, senior staff, as soon as we can, and I'll tell them you're quite right about that. It should come from me. We have until 8 a.m. with Admiral Mestis, and I'd buy us all the time we can because of every single person on this ship. There's one whose secrecy I'm most worried about. That's yes. the part of our house we have to clean. I yes. need to do it now. I can set that up. I didn't hold the there today. I failed them. I can't do that again. I don't believe you failed, Captain. I don't think Admiral Mestis is in the habit of throwing paperweights. And I don't think the other Admiral is always in the habit of lying to you. He's not. And I'm sorry for that. There is always something else happening in all of us to all of us. And that is sometimes okay. You're allowed to lose it as long as it doesn't harm others. And you didn't harm anyone today, Captain. So in my eyes, you have done your duty and a service to yourself in letting yourself feel pissed off. I have good company, Commander. 
I have a full range of emotion, and I intend to use all of them when given the chance. Far be it from me. They come for that third pip over my dead body. Can you set me up a meeting with him? We need to be discreet, especially now. How discreet? Understood. I'll leave you to it, Captain. Exio. Yes. Good work. And now I take off my ring. Okay. Oh. Oh. And I hand it to him. <laughs> As the realization sets in. Forgive me. There's no need, Captain. You gonna keep the pip? Can't blip without it. With it. I was... I wanted to have it on the real version for as long as I could. But... I think I'm ready. Do you think you could... carry one more of my burdens? I am happy to carry my commander's treasures with me, always. And she takes off the real pit that she has had on her mm -hmm. and um, hands it to the captain. Okay. Uh, One well more blip. thing. <laughs> well blip. And uh, she adds the, the, the pit to her collar on her own. And now I get to promote you all over again, every time. <laughs> it's good. Wish me luck. You won't need it. Do it anyway. Good luck. <laughs> ah, there it is. <laughs> and, uh, and just like that, it feels weirdly better that it's a pip that she made herself and blips. Damn right. Um, I blipped to I blipped to McCrell, actually. Um, McCrell, it's it's been a long day. You are literally getting off duty shift right now when materializing in the sick bays, you see Exio. What a pleasant surprise. Dr. McCrell, would I Please request your assistance in of the holiday. Of course. Um, I'll have to walk. a holiday. Yes. I'll have to, I'll, I'll walk fast. <laughs> okay. Don't worry, I've been walking all week, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, once we're in the holiday, it's just a little more secure. I didn't want the rest mm. of, um, of, of your crew to hear. Um, the captain has there. I'm sure you have felt the unrest on board. There is an urgent security threat um, that we need to make sure Dr. Wellex is safe from. What do you mean by a security threat? Do I need there to be is, concerned? 
we will have a full meeting very soon. The, uh, the captain is currently about to brief everyone when they are ready. However, I need to preemptively make sure that our guest never sees Dr. Wellex, and the captain needs to meet with him right away. Understood. So, I just wanted to inform you that we will be requesting his assistance and presence here. I understand. And, 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 and Commander, I will say this. As much as I understand his need for isolation um, during the security threat, I also would like your approval to give him limited access to the holodeck when possible. The deterioration of his brain has gotten worse and he doesn't have much time left. I need your help to help him remember everything he can and retain everything he can. No, that is an excellent idea, actually. I'm quite ashamed of myself for not thinking of it first. That is, that is a wonderful idea, absolutely. Um, we will obviously keep tracks of these, I'm sure, and that's I need brilliant. Your, I, I just need your help in order to determine uh, regarding the holodeck programs, what sure. is real to him and what is not. Uh, right now, he has no real grasp of reality. I don't think a lot of his <laughs> memories are his own. Well, for the short group. time, for the short time that I say we have him create memories that we can verify are real, have him recreate memories that have happened in our presence, so we can keep him articulating the correct facts. Agreed. We're going from there. We're going to save him. Yes, I do believe we will. But first, yes. Security threat. All right. I'll, if I'll... you could do me a favor. Yes, Commander. Could you schedule him for an appointment with me presently? For now, yes. I'm sure he has nothing better to do. Make sure the record says my office, but send him here. Yes, of course. Thank you. You're welcome. And with that, I'm going to go uh, directly to Dr. Uh, Wellick's quarters and talk to him personally to relay that information. For the, the door opens and he's leaning up against the, the door frame as he looks at you and says, Doctor. Doctor. He's wearing this long gray cotton sort of like robe looking like two piece, like it's this sort of sort of it's it's like to sort of flow i'm trying to describe someone who looks like they may have been getting ready for bed but um he glances at you and just says something wrong um i don't know yet actually but your presence has been requested by the commander uh, i will escort you personally to her office he glances at the two security members standing outside his door and says come along you two and obviously in a false show of bravado as they're gonna go no matter what he says. Um, he steps outside the door, barefoot and everything, and begins to walk down the corridor next to you and just says, oh, where are we going? To your sick bay? No, actually. We're going to meet the commander 
um, in a undisclosed location that I actually know, so I guess it's not undisclosed. Just follow me. He gets quiet and kind of glances at you a little bit, but you don't sense that he's comfortable with this. <laughs> um, all right, so you oh, arrive. Yeah. Okay, so where- uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm taking him to the, hol- the holodeck. Was that where we were? Yeah, I'm taking him to right? the holodeck that um, that I know Commander Exio is currently present. And I'm also going to, uh, while we're going there, um, say to him, Dr. Wellix, um, I'm not sure how long this will be happening for, but the commander might be able to give you more information. We are going to need your cooperation and to be even more discreet. Whatever you say, Doctor. Let's get this over with, whatever this is. And then we'll arrive at the holodeck. All right, you head down to deck 27 where holodeck five is waiting for you. Um, You walk past a few ox crew who glance over noticing um, the two of you walking down the corridor flanked by two security officers. Mm -hmm. At this point, ox crew is, they know Dr. Wellex is a unique case. No one asks questions. They make space when they see him walk by with his escort. As as um, as we pass like groups of people, I make it I make it um, obvious that like we're just to like say something that's to kind of to make the situation not look so weird and be like, huh? I also do not wear shoes, you know. Like as we're walking. <laughs> okay. Um, eventually, you arrive at holodeck five. Um, the doors to the holodeck open, and I would love to know what he sees when those doors open. Um. What he sees is me and the captain. Um, I usher him to walk in. Is it just the grid, the yellow grid, the yellow squared grid yeah. right now? Okay. He and stepped... I assume I'm no longer needed. So, commander. Okay. He glances back to you and nods. And he steps in and just kind of glances around and then raises. I hold the... up my finger to. The doctor. Oh, okay. Um, oh. Does he enter? I'm oh, going he's to, inside. Yeah, he stepped I'm in. I'm going to tell the uh, security guards to wait outside. I'll be like, okay. we'll be out shortly. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, go. I'm going to walk past him and acknowledge him, and then I'm going to turn this into my meeting room. Okay. Um, response. And um, and I'm and I look to him and I say, I'm going to leave you to it. Your session is with the captain today. They have something very important they need to discuss with you. And I walk past him and out the door so that he cannot see me within the holodeck anymore. And um, and I take Macrow with you. Yeah, I take I take you with me. And the moment we get out the door, I transform myself. Um, into Wellex. Okay. The vision I just saw. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I it's look a little... at you, Macrell, and I say, um, in his voice, uh, which I hope he cannot hear as I'm trying to control this environment, um, would you please escort me to my casting session, Doctor? It would be my pleasure, Doctor Wellex. And I'm going to um, quietly 
escort the doctor outside with the security guards. Okay. Um, with a very curious glare to the commander, but the, the the security guards I'm guessing didn't see that. So when you step out, no, they okay. they were outside the. All right, Captain Sol, inside the holodeck, inside the simulation of Azari's office. Um, Wellix is glancing about and he looks at you and says, well, I haven't felt like this in a while. It's that kind of day, I'm afraid, Dr. Wellick. Yes, I've heard news around the ship that something is happening. Everyone seems rather nervous about it. Yes, I assure you, though, this isn't directly related. I, I've had you on my ship for such a very long time, and we haven't really properly had a conversation, have we? No, we've unfortunately missed our opportunities to posture and threaten veiled threats. You in uh, your Starfleet way and me in my Romulan way. Yes, but somehow it feels like we're both past that now, doesn't it? I am, certainly. There is a great ticking clock over my head, Captain. Indeed there is. My what do you want from me? doctor has been doing so much. I yeah. sense that you're trying to cash in on something. Is that accurate? Mm. Mm. Sure. Sure. I think it's time we got the schematics of that chip that was in your head. The full schematics. She'd be able to do much, much more to help you. If she had schematics. enough information. I need to know what you're talking about. I trust that you've told her everything you know about the chip that was put into your head? I don't know everything about the chip that was put into my head, no. Only that it's standard procedure for a Tal Shiar agent to receive one. Yes, no. Hmm. For most of them. No, all of them. And if you've encountered someone who doesn't have them, it's because you've fallen prey to a classic dupe. Sure. Yes. You were a high-level Tal Shiar operative. You were embedded on a, what I'm sure must be a relatively prestigious mission relative to our line of work infiltrating Federation homeworld. And they put a device into your brain that will eventually melt it. That's a Patriot. Yes.
I don't believe a patriot like that would easily give up on Romulus. What are you implying? What are you after? What do you want? I want to solve the problems of that chip. I want the full schematics of it, the ones the tell Shi'ar have. And you think I have them? No. But I think you can get them. He leans back and says, Go on. I believe it is in your enlightened self-interest to get us the schematics of that chip so that we can solve its problems in a way that your Tal Shiar either wouldn't or couldn't. And then, if it please you, you can take advantage of we, the naive idealists of the Federation, whom you conned into doing Tal Shiar's research and development for them, and give them the schematics of that chip, the improved one, to whichever Romulan faction you still believe is worthy of that patriotic loyalty, who's still worthy. We get the technical intelligence of the chip. Hell, we get more reliable intelligence from you because your brain will not be scrambled. And hopefully that's enough self-interest on our side for you to believe in why we're doing it. Because frankly, I couldn't imagine trusting Federation purely on its naive idealism either. I'd search an angle, so there. We have an angle. You can take advantage of it. We get to save lives. Lives of you and all of those Romulan operatives who don't deserve what's been done to them. Well played, Captain. Let me ask you this. Please. How are you going to get Starfleet to agree to an op? Mm. Or is this an older version of Azari Sol that I'm speaking to right now? Well, certainly older. Certainly not wiser. So, I supply the location of where we might uncover information about these pieces of technology and recover them, thus gifting the Federation these blueprints to these chips that the operatives use. We turn around and improve them for you. By essentially making it impossible for the Tal Shiar to be able to use them to kill their agents. And improve our capacity to trust whatever intelligence we eventually get from you because your brains aren't scrambled eggs. 
If you don't trust the ideals, trust the self-interest, value given for value received. Because frankly, if this alliance is going to work, it's not going to work purely on trust. So we play our cards open-handed, not entirely, of course. That doesn't work with the propensity for secrets, but through action. He takes a few steps towards you, and he looks up at you <laughs> and says, Sila is the Tal Shiar now. The Tal Shiar does not serve the interest of the Romulan people. They serve the interests of that woman. I will help you. I only ask that in return you help me, you allow me to help you plan the op. I trust your patriotism, Wellex. I believe you will do with this what is best for Romulus. Then I'll await your next word, Captain. But don't wait too long. Because with each passing day, I, with each passing day, I become less the operative that I used to be. I didn't work directly in your circles, but I think you could run circles around anyone who might come across on this. We'll get it done, and we'll help. Sorry, we'll be useful. Hmm. Hmm. I put out a hand to shake. Oh, the tangled webs we weave. When forced, we practice to deceive. But we're well practiced now. Our webs are much cleaner. There's a clapping noise as his hand slaps against yours, and the two of you join in a handshake. There's a devious delight in his eyes and a small crack in the corner of his mouth. He gets to be an operative again, except for this time. It's on his terms. The two of you, after the end of a very dark day, start taking destiny into your own hands. And that is where we are going to leave off tonight's episode. <laughs> wondering what you were going to say to him. You've been wanting to talk to him, and I'm like, what is so on? Like, what is the plan here? That was so good. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I was like, what What have you got up your sleeve? I want to know. Let's go do operatives. Let's do. <laughs> oh, dear. Did I request leeway from an admiral? Oh, <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm seeing the hashtag ASCAT starting to, to, to pop up. <laughs> I starship it. <laughs> 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 
Oh, wow. Great episode, you guys. Um, man, so like I was certain, I, I was sure that at some point this was going to propel itself off the station. And by part three, we were going to be well underway to whatever was going to happen next. But this whole episode was just dealing with the breaking of trust, trust falls, like you name it. Like this whole thing just took a life of its own. Um, really great episode. Uh, thank you all so much for a great game. This is awesome. I cannot wait to see what the hell you're planning because for the Ox crew who's watching at home, I had no idea that conversation was coming. And now I want to see you plan an op. Like, I oh, can't Wellington's wait. Oh, insisted on planning the op. Oh, he wants to be in on it for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it for us tonight, you guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Clear Skies. We, of course, will be back 6.30 p.m. next Monday night. Um, and definitely check in on our streams. Uh, we look forward to seeing you throughout the week. Stay healthy and safe. We love you as always. Hailing frequencies are closed. <laughs>